his but resignation. I'm talking about the BDS movement. The Why BDS is the BDS movement? movement? Yeah. I'm not sure as to what their official position is. So that's the critical suggest- part. So the BDS movement, you're correct, is boycott, divest, and sanction of Israel because yeah. they don't agree with Israel's existence or right to defend herself. But you have to ask the question, why do they not agree with Israel's right to defend herself? Every other country in the world, if they are being attacked, has a sovereign right to defend their own people. So that question, why, is your answer. When you have to answer that question, why? Why do they want to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel out of existence? And when you hold Jewish people to different standards, when Ilhan Omar does not support sanctions on Venezuela, who is oppressing their people and starving their people, and the reason for the double standard is because the state of Israel is Jewish and the other nations aren't, that is anti-Semitism. It is because they are Jewish. Accurate. Uh, I'll give props to the BDS supporter for just saying the quiet part out loud, which is that they want Israel not to exist. Usually they lie about that. It's my passionate belief that the second most precious thing in life is the right to express yourself freely. The most precious thing in life, I think, is food in your mouth. And the third most precious is a roof over your head. So my concerns are less for myself and more for those more vulnerable because of their lower profile, like the man arrested in Oxford for calling a police horse gay, or the teenager arrested for calling the Church of Scientology a cult, or the cafe owner arrested for displaying passages from the Bible on a TV screen. For those who crave more than just reading headlines in their social media feeds. People need to wake up. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Colorado Supreme Court's ruling to disqualify former President Donald Trump from the state's primary ballot due to his alleged involvement in an insurrection has created significant political and legal ramifications. The 4-3 decision, based on the claim that Trump incited the January 6, 2021 Capitol breach, has turned the focus to the U.S. Supreme Court for a final interpretation regarding the definition of insurrection and its implications for disqualification from office. This decision is expected to energize Trump supporters and increase the political pressure on the Supreme Court. Many legal analysts, especially those leaning conservative, have criticized the Colorado court's process and findings arguing that the five-day evidentiary hearing was inadequate for such a conclusion. Trump's legal team and other parties involved have declared their intention to appeal the ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Colorado court's ruling is suspended until January 4, 2024, pending a review by the U.S. Supreme Court. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick raised the prospect of taking President Joe Biden off of the ballot in Texas as an apparent act of political vengeance for Donald Trump. Go back and try to come back again and we arrest him again, the penalty gets even higher. We're fed up. In fact, seeing what happened in Colorado tonight, Laura, makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president. Retired German Air Force Colonel and military analyst Ralph Thiel, in an article for Focus magazine, estimated significant daily casualties for Ukrainian forces in the conflict with Russia. Thiel, a former member of the personal staff of NATO's Supreme Allied Commander Europe and current head of several think tanks, suggested that Ukraine is facing the challenge of replacing over 20,000 soldiers each month due to fatalities and injuries. This figure is necessary not only to compensate for losses, but also to facilitate troop rotation, allowing for rest and replenishment of resources. Theo pointed out that Ukraine's initial strong defense and counteroffensive efforts have taken a toll, leading to considerable depletion of both manpower and equipment. 
He also noted that Western-supplied weapon systems, while helpful, are not infallible and are subject to wear and tear. Thiel did not disclose the sources or methodology behind his calculations. Ukraine's Defense Minister Rustam Yumarov, in an interview with Bild, stated that the Ukrainian government's intention to summon all men of military age, ranging from 25 to 60 years, who left the country after the conflict with Russia began, to return and join the military. This follows President Zelensky's announcement about the need for additional mobilization of around 450,000 to 500,000 individuals. Yumarov emphasized that these men will receive notices to report to recruitment centers of the Ukrainian armed forces and mentioned there would be sanctions for those who ignore these calls, though the specifics of these penalties are still under discussion. Nearly a week after its arrival, the remnants of ex-tropical cyclone Jasper continue to affect northern regions, with the possibility of intensifying again around Christmas Day. The cyclone initially made landfall last week, leading to unprecedented rainfall and flooding. This forced residents to evacuate their homes, with some seeking refuge on rooftops. About 40 communities remain cut off, and Koenyama, located on the remote Cape York Peninsula in far north Queensland, is particularly at risk. Significant flooding is expected to hit Koenyama from December 16th, prompting the evacuation of vulnerable residents to Cairns as a precautionary measure. Currently, ex-tropical cyclone Jasper is situated in the Gulf of Carpentaria, bringing showers and thunderstorms to northern parts of the Cape. According to the Bureau of Meteorology, there's a low chance, between 5 and 20 percent, that Jasper could redevelop into a cyclone by Christmas, especially if it moves northwest toward the Coral Sea. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, Grant Edwards here, and we are ready for the final day. Final day before I have a little holiday. I'll be back on the 8th of January. Uh, Lord willing. You always got to say Lord willing because you just don't know what's around the corner, do you? <laughs> no, no, you do not. Um, okay, we'll be back in just one moment with some uh, weather, a weather update in one moment. This is a TNT Radio Encore. If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. All right, well, let's look at the temperatures. First of all, the extremes right across the country. Uh, Kaitaia, 19.4 degrees. Lumsden has the lowest temperature of 19. Nine, rather, I should say. Nine, take off 10. 9.6. Nugget Point, it's not windy at all there today. 26 kilometres per hour of wind. And uh, it is dry right throughout the country as I speak. And it's double digits everywhere except, this is temperature-wise, except for Lumsden, which is the home of the Kingston Flyer. I think it's still there anyway. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it is. Let's look at the short forecast for all New Zealand, valid until midnight tonight. For Northland, Auckland, cloudy periods, scattered showers in Northland, mainly in the north. For Waikato, Manawatu, including the Coromandel Peninsula and the Bay of Plenty, and also we'll put the central high country in there. 
and Gisborne and Hawke's Bay. Mostly fine. Areas of cloud or fog this morning. Isolated showers about the ranges this afternoon and evening. For Horowinua, Wellington also for Wairarapa. Mostly cloudy with patchy drizzle. Clearing this morning and then fine spells. It's interesting wording, isn't it? Fine spells. I just thinking about that yesterday. I was doing the dishes. You know how you sit, you know, you do the dishes and you start thinking. And um, just standing there at the sink, and I thought, spells. You know, why would they say that? Spells. You know, that you could find a, a spell of. I just think it's a bit strange. I wonder if they're just using these little terms. I wonder if there's witches. Maybe there's witches in the weather department at Met Service. Oh, I don't know. Casting spells. What else could they say instead of find spells? Clearing this morning with. I suppose not. Fine spells <laughs> increasing. Um, I just wondered if there was... Oh, I don't know. Isolated showers about the ranges this afternoon. For Buller, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, low cloud this morning. And then evening, and then it's going to be lingering about the east coast, though, this jolly low cloud. That's not so good if you want to get a bit of a suntan. You need sun, need that vitamin D. Uh, yes, we certainly do. Scattered afternoon and evening showers inland. Some are going to be heavy. Uh, for Westland and also for Fiordland, often cloudy. Uh, you've got rain or drizzle at times. Otago and Southland, often cloudy with scattered rain. Turning to the showers, uh, turning to showers in inland uh, this afternoon. And you've got some possibly heavy showers as well. I'm sure I could make this up. Uh, and finally, for the Chatham Islands, you have uh, mostly uh, cloudy weather today for you. The extended forecast for tomorrow for the North Island, partly cloudy, scattered showers in the afternoon and evening, especially about the ranges. In the South Island tomorrow, isolated showers mainly inland. Land. On Sunday, and day, or Christmas Eve, isn't it? I think, I think that's right. For the North Island, mostly cloudy with occasional rain. Showers spreading from the west, from the west. And then in the South Island on Sunday, you've got rain in the west with heavy falls and then showers spreading elsewhere. For Christmas Day, I'm sure it's Monday, isn't it? Let's just check the, check the, uh, the calendar. So yes, Monday the 25th, yes, yes, the Pagan High Day. And... Uh, Yes, it's going to be. Now, where's everything disappeared to? Here we are on Monday for the North Island, mostly cloudy with isolated showers becoming, uh, yes, becoming isolated <laughs> in the afternoon. In the South Island on Christmas Day, the 25th of December, rain is going to be clearing in the west and you've just got a few showers elsewhere. It doesn't look too bad. Over at the Chathams, they're having Christmas as well over there. Um, Wow, wee, what's happened to my mouse? It's just gone on the blink. Maybe we've got, we've had all sorts of problems. I think that, I wonder if we're still going out on air because it's been almost every morning this week, right just before five o'clock, something happens to the cell tower. Seems to be all right. I'll just check to see if we do have 4G. Uh, yes, we do. That's the first time in ages. And let's hope it stays that way because you can't can't do much streaming. Uh, anyone that um, sees us on Rumble, it's pretty, it just sort of chops in and out. You know, I think the last couple of days it had been um, 20 minutes, <laughs> 20 minutes long. So three hours was condensed to 20 minutes. So not much good. Uh, anyway, just getting back to the Chatham Islands. So yes, you're going to have some fine spells, light winds on Saturday. And then you've got cloud increasing Sunday with showers and northerlies developing, occasional rain on Monday. So it doesn't look so good for Christmas Day for you, does it, eh? No, not so good at all. Oh, well, you know, it could be worse, couldn't it? Yes, of course, of course it could be. You're listening to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. Is that right? Yes, well, thank you f- for joining me. 
and this is the intro. Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No, no. See, somebody sent me a video actually last Friday and it had you talking at the socialist community. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. Comrade, 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 comrade. That was in 2009. Oh, well, I can't remember which country it was in. Has changed since those days? No, not particularly. No. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account? Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics without lying. We drum in that Sustained propaganda. That's right. You're listening to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant that? Edwards. No, we're not doing that again. No, what's going on? Oh, you, you nitwit. Get rid of that. Delete that one. Put it back on auto. There we are. Now, good morning. Oh, yeah. Let's get down tonight. Get down tonight with KC and the Sunshine Band. I played that yesterday and I thought, oh gosh, that's funny. Uh, we might we might keep that going. Eh? What do you think? Oh boy, that takes back. Takes you back to the 1970s there, up at Queen Street in a dungy old building. <laughs> Doing the disco, the line dancing with the girls with the cowboy boots. We were line da- actually line dancing disco back in the day, it was. 12 minutes past five, and uh, we're over at Sky News this morning. Good morning to all the Australian listeners, uh, Can- Canada as well. Hello, good afternoon to you. I suppose it's afternoon or evening. I-, I used to remember, I oh, know I can't. Oh, we could look at the times, actually. I've got a bit of an idea. It'll give me a bit of an idea. Let's have a look. Times, okay, so... So it looks like it's 12 minutes past five here. <laughs> uh, now, what have I got here? Let's have a look at the clock. That's oh, very hard to read, actually. It's all small, isn't it? Oh, London, yes, it's uh, 12 past four in the afternoon there yesterday, Thursday. Uh, New York, it is uh, 11, yes, Thursday at um, 11, 12 past 11 in the morning. And in Jerusalem, it is uh, six o'clock, just gone 12 past six. Uh, in Jerusalem. There we are. That's all I've got time for right now. So let's get back to the the, the news or the music. I don't know. I think I like that other one better. You know, that other Casey and the Sunshine Band one. Which one now? Let me see if I can find it. Oh, no, it's not going to be under country, is it? No. Won't be there. It'll be under. Oh, I wonder what it will be. KC again. You know, I think I, I struggled yesterday. So get down tonight. I don't know if I like that uh, quite as much. I think this one I prefer. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's way better, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what we'll do. We'll stick with that one. That can be um, that can be the uh, what what do you call that? The um, I think it's called a bedding a bedding music back in the day. Yeah. Okay. So we're over at Sky News today, starting with skynews.com.au, and uh, I think it's just a wee bit loud, isn't it? It's a bit loud for these old ears of mine. Tone it right down there. There we go. I think that's low enough. Yes. Uh, microphone all right. Yes. Levels good. Yep. Doesn't seem to be peaking. That's good, and we seem to be streaming. Gosh, we've streamed. Uh, we've we've streamed for 12 hours and 26 minutes, which is um, not a record. We went for over 100 minutes at one, 100 hours, I should say. But we've had all sorts of trouble, haven't we, with the uh, 
the uh, cell tower, the local cell tower. Never mind, we're over at, um, as I said, skynews.com.au if you want to check on me to make sure I'm reading everything out correctly. Coming up to half, uh, quarter past five uh, on Friday morning, Friday the 22nd of December, counting down to Christmas, and Megan Markle, she never wanted to stay in the royal family, according to Sky News. A royal insider has alleged that Megan Markle never wanted to base herself in the United Kingdom and always intended to leave the royal life after realising Harry didn't have much money. A royal butler reveals bizarre Christmas gifts from King Charles. They're really getting into They don't like the old royals, do they? A royal butler has lifted the lid on a quirky Christmas gift. Uh, well, old King Charles, he hands them out uh, to hundreds of his staff. He's got hundreds of staff. Why does he need hundreds? Anyway, and, and he puts them in little pigeonholes, things like sort of old users. He thinks they're just like hampers that he gets, because he must get thousands of hampers, and so he just goes through and picks out things like, you know, uh, salmon, <laughs> tin of salmon, puts a ribbon around it and throws it in your pigeonhole, stuff like that. Uh, still more news here from Australia, and F1 boss's uh, frank admission on Michael Schumacher's health, Formula One boss Stefano Domenicali, He's provided a grim update on the health of the legend Michael Shoemaker. Or is it? Well, some people say Michael Shoemaker. Everyone says Shoemaker, you know, like he's a maker of shoes. But I think it's uh, Shoemaker or something like that. I think I checked it out with my friend, um, what's his name, Julian Miguel. I think he, he says it's no, you do not, you do not pronounce it like that. Anyway, so that's um, so almost. This is ten years since he had that skiing accident. You know that Shoemaker. And also, if you're driving around in a Toyota, you'd better check to make sure that you haven't got a dodgy um, passenger seat airbag. You don't want one of those. And um, we'll tell you about that in a minute. I, I really like this music, don't you? I'm kind of wondering whether we should just go away from country music altogether and just do um, disco, 70s disco music with the Commodores and KC and the Sunshine Band. I mean, it does cheer you up a bit, doesn't it, in the morning? I bet you feel, do you feel a bit happier? Does a smile come on your dial? For me, it, for me it has. I'm kind of jigging away here, watching my coffee go cold. 17 minutes past five. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. You can't, can you have too much of a good thing? I suppose you can. Anyway, Toyota, we were talking about Toyota, and uh, Toyota, they have uh, recalled millions of vehicles over a safety defect. They've uh, issued a, an international recall of 1.12 million vehicles due to a manufacturing defect in the airbag. And um, so let's go over to Sky News now, and I'm pretty sure the wonderful Lawrence uh, Caracas, oh look, don't give me this, don't give me a name like Caras, Carasoni, Carac, oh, sod you for having a name like that, how dare you? Let's, let's have a listen. Tesla has announced a recall of more than 2 million vehicles in the United States over defects in its autopilot system. A two-year investigation has linked a number of crashes to Tesla's autopilot advanced driving system. The company will send out software updates to fix up the issue. The update will apply to models Y, S, X, and 3, impacting almost every Tesla sold in the US. Hey, that's rubbish. You got the wrong story there, Lawrence. Karak, Karak Sony. Give me a break. <laughs> no one, no one's going to know. No one, why would you do, why don't you just call yourself Karaka? 
<laughs> Karaka. That's a good name. Laurie. Laurie Karaka. That would be a good name. It would be better than that one there. People would remember you more. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the one. No, Toyota Motor Vehicle, they've recalled more than one million vehicles worldwide over a defect which could hinder the airbags from deploying in a crash. Now, um, this may result in injury. It may do, anyway. The recall affects the Toyota Lexus vehicles between tw- 2000 and two- 2020 and the year of our Lord 2022. Now, they are Toyota Avons, Camrys, Highlanders, RAV4s, the Cenas, and the Corollas. They're all included in the list of defected vehicles, uh, as well as some hybrid models. Hybrids, now what's that? that they're the ones with um, the partly electric, aren't they? Uh, the recall, uh, also, yes, Lexus models, including the ES250 sedan and the RX350 SUV. The defects concern the weight sensors on the passenger side of the vehicle, which are said to have been manufactured improperly. And uh, so, in effect, the defective centres may not register in the event of a crash or short circuit in the airbags on the passenger side of the um, yeah, seat seat side, and they may not deploy at all, which could not, which might be really dodgy, mightn't it? Now, the risk of injury is highlighted to children or lighter adults, people like me. <laughs> I'm a light adult now. I reckon I'd be 67 kgs now. I haven't got scales, but I can feel right now. I'm just feel, I'm feeling all my bones. I can feel my collarbone. You know, I never used to be able to feel my collarbone. What else can I feel? And all sorts of things. We've got all sorts of things we're feeling here on the body. Uh, my son. <laughs> my son and my business partner arrived yesterday or the day before, and I was fencing. And, you know, I'm up there. I'm, 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 when I go fencing, I'm fencing in my underpants. And um, I've got this uh, pretty cool underpants, I've got to tell you. And then I wear a, a fairly heavy belt, which I bought you know, back when I was about 30. I wear that. It's quite a good sort, good quality leather. And I've got a knife that I made when I was 19, big long knife that I've stuck a few pigs with and, and slit a few throats of um, goats and, and deer and, you know, animals and things like that. Um, and I wear that in a in a uh, leather pouch, which I made as well back when I did leather work. Very poor, <laughs> very poor stitching, I've got to say. I use my granddad's, um, it was a boot patcher and um, what was it? a singer boot patcher. I used that and it was, I should have, shouldn't have used that. It was a bit dodgy. That's, you know, you can't keep a straight line. So anyway, so there I am. And my daughter, she said, oh, I saw the photo and I didn't know they'd taken it. And I thought, I thought Lisa had and I was all annoyed. I thought, you know, stuff that and she's probably going to put it on YouTube or something, not YouTube, on Facebook, something. And there I am. Um, I mean, I look pretty bad. My daughter said, you <laughs> my daughter said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said you look like <laughs> She said you look like a Yeti <laughs> oh, oh dear Running in the I, I, <laughs> oh, You have to see the photo I should put it I will, I will put it up I'll put it up Hang on I've got to Pull myself together. <laughs> this is a TNT radio. Oh, I can't hear. If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Oh gosh, I'm sick of that. Hey, no, something went wrong with the um, the headphones then, and I just couldn't stop laughing. No, my daughter said you look. It looks like a Yeti. 
<laughs> she's so funny. She's got my kids have got such a great sense of humour, and they get it from my mother. I think the grandmother, whom they never met. <laughs> it's in the genes. My mum had a great sense of humour like that. Gosh, she was funny. Oh man, she used to make me laugh. Anyway, so there we are. We're reminiscing, but she said I look like a yeti off in the distance. <laughs> and I'll put the, I will put the picture. <laughs> and I'm, just, you know, thin as a rake. Then, then they took another shot of just the back of me, and all you can see, I, I mean, I look kind of thin, um, but you can just see this, this skin hanging off me. <laughs> you know, because I used to be fat, but it's just skin hanging. I can't, I don't know if I, I'd have to go and have a tuck, wouldn't I? A stitch and tuck. It's probably the only way I'm going to get rid of it, I suppose. I mean, I'm doing my best. Hey, I did 75 push-ups last night. Not bad for a 64-year-old. Coming up 64 in six months, I'll be 64. Not bad. 75 push-ups. I mean, I struggle. I mean, I did 25 in one hit, which isn't too bad. But, um, boy, I tell you what, it's the meat. And, I, look, I'm sorry. I do keep harping on about the meat. And yesterday, I actually um, had to go through and listen to take out some bits. You know, not, not edit, but actually just find some little bits for a trailer that I was thinking of doing and then decided against it and I did sound like I was actually a bit, being a bit demanding about this you know the meat diet wasn't I you know just going on a bit you know more than preaching gosh if I got that excited about the gospel um, you know if as excited as I am about um, you know the, the carnival diet you would think I'd probably convert a few more people wouldn't I if I got but I felt it was a bit demanding and I don't think that's healthy so uh, my apologies to the listeners for being being demanding now um, I'll tell you what's going to happen Casey I don't know I'm getting a bit tired of you <laughs> Casey um, I've got a good song coming up here from Eric Church in a moment we'll do that and we'll put Casey off to one side And uh, but in the meantime we'll just finish off this wee story about the heightened risk to children and I don't know how I got onto it me being you know, skin you know and the yeti my daughter said I, and I look like a yeti off in the distance <laughs> In this photo, I will put it up. I can't find the one of Woolly Jumper. That was the old yacht, um, the old um, 50-foot Ron Holland that we used to have. It was a sloop too. I had a mast. It was about 85 feet to the top of the mast, and I've been up it. <laughs> but um, I don't know if I would climb up there now. Maybe I would. I'm lighter now. Um, it's one good thing. You don't. I don't think you'd hurt so much <laughs> when you hit the ground when you're lighter. When you're 88, nearly 90 kgs, and you're only 5 foot, not even 5 foot 8, I'd be, I'd be 5 foot 8. Yeah, probably. I mean, I have to work a lot harder. Men, men that are only that are under six foot have to work a lot harder trying to get a mate because <laughs> they, they seem to set their sights on six footers, don't they? The women, I know it's crazy, really. It's really shallow, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so you've got to watch out with uh, getting back to the Lexus. The Toyota and the Lexus dealers. That what they'll do is they'll inspect and they'll replace the OCS sensors at no cost. So all you've got to do is you've got one of those vehicles. You just get over to your local dealer and they'll sort that out for you. Now, what happens next after the Colorado Supreme Court barred Trump from the state 2024 ballot? Sky News Australia, uh, they say that Washington correspondent Annalise Nielsen, she has uh, answered the many questions raised by the Colorado Supreme Court's extraordinary decision to block Donald Trump from running for president next year. Of course, the Trump campaign, they are going to um, appeal that. Of course they will. They'll appeal that, and uh, but they've got only. I think they've only got till early January to do it. Let's um, let's have a listen to that and see what they say. See what they say. Does this, in a way, help Donald Trump in his campaign, like other controversies have tended to do so? I think politically it helps him. Obviously, electorally, it's very challenging, especially with cases pending in other. She's got a bad line, isn't she? Dates. If he's not able to be on the primary ballot, um, it 
you'd have to be written in. This is a key difference in American elections versus Australian is that we have the ability to write in candidates, but it's obviously an extra step. It can be very confusing for people, and it's certainly an additional barrier to voting for the candidate that you support. So I think it's it's going to be very challenging for him to get enough votes in the primary. And Colorado isn't really a state where he was going to be able to contest. Mm. Uh, I don't think a Republican has won that state since 2004, but it's certainly in other states it would be a challenge. But politically, I think it galvanizes him. Right. So so just back on that point, I wanted to ask you about that. Could he could he win without Colorado if Colorado was struck off? He can definitely win without Colorado. But as if those states begin to accumulate, and this is where I think the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court coming in, and taking a look at this would be crucial, and I hope they decide to take that up. Um, I think it's very important because you can lose one or two states that you may have lost anyway, but at a certain point it becomes not politically viable to, to win the primary. Mm. How many other states uh, are looking at this and could follow? The last number I saw was 17. So there have been a handful of states like Georgia that have looked at it in the past and said uh, it didn't meet the qualification for disbarment under the 14th Amendment, but a number of states have cases pending. Um, so it would be something I think the Supreme Court should definitely take a look mm. at. It's very important to the outcome of the election. So is that what we do now? We wait for what the Supreme Court decides to do? Unfortunately, we do. But it's, it is a t- very tight timeline for turnaround, whether or not they'll decide to take it up. And they have a couple of other Trump-related issues pending. So I'm hopeful that they, they will decide to move quickly. But I'm, I'm sure they're looking at it with the same lens. Does someone like Nikki? Nikki Haley, uh, um, well, I mean, we saw in the previous package that, that uh, you know, she's dining out on any controversy that affects Donald Trump at the moment, but, do, but she, does she come out well from this? I think she does. I think a big part of Nikki Haley's appeal to voters is that she's conservative, but she doesn't bring any of the baggage that Trump brings. It's a steady hand. It's, you know, you like the policies, but you don't like the way that he went about enacting those policies. She provides an alternative choice. And I think this really shores up that argument for her and her campaign. Mm, OK, Emma Doyle, we'll see how this uh, story progresses. Uh, but uh, good to talk to you and we'll talk to you again. Yeah, that was Emma Doyle. Yeah, Emma Doyle and the Colorado Supreme Court. They're barring Donald Trump from. Oh, we did say that, didn't we? I thought there was something new to add to it. Now, in the quagmire of Donald Trump's legal woes, it's easy to forget just how extraordinary the situation is. Did you know that there's been no American president or former presidents ever been indicted before? None. Donald Trump is now facing over 90 indictments in four jurisdictions and has jurisdictions and has two cases heading to the Supreme Court. At the same time, 538, rather, polling. What's 538? 538 polling has Trump. Oh, that's. Oh, capitals go. Wait, 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 what's going on? Hey, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, I couldn't stop that. Um, 538 polling. Yes, when it's got the capitals like that and it's all put together, that is the name of the polling company. They have Trump as a solid 60-point lead, 60-point lead against other Republican candidates for his party's nomination in national polling aggregates. That's pretty impressive, really, don't you think? And then you've got old um, Ramaswamy. I like him. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, so that's it. There we are. Now, look at this. I'm cringy. Meghan Markle, she makes a cameo in a bizarre coffee commercial. Meghan Markle has returned to her background extra roots. What does that mean? Returned to her background extra roots with a cameo appearance in a quirky coffee commercial on the social media. I don't understand why that's important. Uh, we've got um, Vivek Ramaswamy. I do like him. And you know what I think? I think he could end up 
You know what I think? <laughs> Shall I tell you what I think? I think he could end up being running mate for Trump. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we, the people, select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with a spine for our country's future. That's really what's at stake. Whether we the people actually have a say in deciding who leads this country. Yes, it would be easier for other Republicans like me who are running in this race to say, hey, if Trump is sidelined, there's our opportunity. No doubt other candidates are probably privately celebrating with their corporate sponsors. That's not the right thing to do. I think the most useful thing that every GOP candidate can do right now is to join me in that pledge. I'll say that I will withdraw from that Colorado GOP primary ballot until Trump's name is restored. This belongs to the people, not to the unelected Democratic cabal of judges in Colorado or any other state. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing or else they're complicit in what this security state is trying to do to shut down Trump. I stand well, by that and I expect them to do the right thing. Well, they didn't, are they? They're not doing it. They won't go along with that. And uh, God, look, I think he's one of the one of the sharpest minds in politics in the United States. 28 minutes to six and uh, you have it a little country song. And then uh, what are we going to do then? We'll carry on with some news. So that, all that news was brought to you by skynews.com and I think they're great. I, I really do. And this is Eric Church. Now, how about a little smoke? And there's nothing wrong with a little smoke if you want to. It doesn't Turn cause cancer. Oh, for goodness sake, Grant. Can't you even do it properly? Just do it properly. You do need to practice in this job. It helps if you have the seconds, though. You know, like how many seconds you got before you get. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Let this old world just spin around. I wanna feel it sway, wanna feel it sway. Put some feel good in my soul. Drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. Want a little more right and a little less left. A little more right now.
Liberty NZ Breakfast with the Grant Edwards, Eric Church, and uh, drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I think I believe in freedom. If you want to smoke a little smoke or drink a little drink, you go for it. Just don't get drunk and don't have so many that you're coughing all the time. And um, and don't, and don't, 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 do what you like. Don't, all this don't business, do this, don't that. They're getting used to the whole idea of being controlled, aren't they? You know, all these rules, and we just, we're just letting it. It's what it is. It's like you're going down these steps into an attic, just getting, so you're sinking one step at a time further into your own slavery. And all these little things are all adding up, and eventually you won't have any rights at all. We're getting that way now, isn't it? You know, I've had, can you hear that calf out the window there? He's, he's not far from the studio, and he's been crying all night, and I don't know what's wrong with him. So maybe he's left his mate. I don't know. We've got I've, I've, right outside here. I've got some new ones. I've got ten new calves yesterday from my neighbour, which I buy quite a few off. Or I don't buy them. My business partner she does all the finances. But I just look after the little cuties. They are so good. I, and right now I've got another neighbour who's got bulls, and um, he's got one or two bulls, and he thinks it's my. Res- Can you hear him? He thinks it's my responsibility. Actually, they're yelling, they're crying at each other. I think one of the young calves is, is in with the big herd because the big herd are in the next paddock, and I think that he wants to be back with his mates. I think that's what it is. I better check on it. But it kept me awake last night. That's why I'm a bit tired this morning. A little bit tired, uh, but never mind. We just box on, don't we? 22 minutes to. I think it is 23 minutes to. We're back with Sky News, and um, I, what have we got coming up? Oh, I've got a bit of comedy for you. <laughs> a bit of comedy, um, but we'll just... Have a look. Gosh, he is noisy, isn't he? Uh, now, we've got some more stories at Sky News and uh, over in the United States, plagiarism, plagiarism, plagiarism allegate, that means when you um, copy someone else's work, really, or steal someone else's idea. A bit like Beecham. Uh, no, his name is Beauchamp, actually, Antoine Beauchamp. He did this uh, incredible theory on, it was called cellular theory. Uh, if you go to Sam Bailey, Dr. Sam Bailey, she talks about it over there, drsambailey.com. And um, it's, but they don't call it cellular theory, they call it terrain theory, but it's pretty much the same thing. 
It's where that all the problems that we have are actually caused by cells in our body that are dis-ease. They're not at ease. And so the terrain in the body, because of what we eat, our lifestyles, um, the uh, vaccinations, childhood vaccinations, what else is there? All the things that we put into our body, uh, body, those things there are what causes the problems in our life. Uh, and also too much carbohydrates, not enough protein and amino acids, which, you know, uh, the protein in the meat that I think full of uh, converts to amino acids, which we need. And then also exercise as well. You've got to add exercise to it as well. And that really helps and just builds, builds muscle. Even old people, you know, old people over 60. These old, old codgers. Anyway, uh, so plagiarism. There we are. Plagiarism. Gosh, I do go off on a tangent. I've got, I really better have a pan, ped. A pen, a pen, a pen. I went to say a pad and a pen, and I came up with a pen. So we will have that really handy so that when I do go off the rails, <laughs> off the track, um, I'm going to be able to come back onto it. So we're talking about um, we're talking about world news and plagiarism allegations against Harvard president expand Congress investigation. The inquiry into Harvard University president Claudine Gay's handling, I wonder if it's a real name, Gay, Gay's handling of anti-Semitism, you know, that's Jew-hating, on her campus has expanded the allegations of plagiarism to, to them. Let's, it's very, oh, it's too long. Well, we could have a quick listen. Have a quick listen. See what it sounds like. Uh, this is um, the story here coming up, brought to you by Sky News. It doesn't go for too long. It's all about Harvard. Here Harvard's go. got a big problem, as new reporting reveals mounting evidence of academic misconduct by Claudine Gay. She managed to keep her job mm. despite previous claims of plagiarism and widespread outrage over testimony on the Hill. Right. Uh, at that point, she refused to condemn calls on campus for Jewish genocide, saying it depends on context. <laughs> She looks like a lesbian. She's got that short hair. Everyone from Lebanon has short hair. What's this? The expansion will include plagiarism allegations. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, they've got headings up. So this is over 40 allegations have been outlined. Oh, is that too loud? It is a bit, eh? A bit loud. You turn it down. There we are. Turn it down. There you go. So now what? Oh, look, the 37-page document, for example, where gay as political scientist allegedly misquoted or, what is it? Paraphrase, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, no, this is hopeless. We'll just see if we can... Oh, no, that's hopeless. This is for video. Oh, Grant. You, you know, that's... This is what happens when you go, you go plowing into things without <laughs> checking, wake up in the morning, don't do any research. You know, this is why I could never do a proper radio show because you do have to do, you know, research and you've got to like, check things out. Anyway, so there's over 40 uh, allegations that have been highlighted about Gay in a 37-page document that claims she misquoted or paraphrased the work of many other authors. Representative Virginia Fox sent the head of Harvard's school board, her name is Penny Pritzker, uh, a four-page letter stating that the school had applied a different standard of academic integrity to staff than to its students. That's right, because you can head up, you, kids get head up for it all the time. You know, they just go and <laughs> steal some work online. But they must have programs where they can just type in maybe a paragraph of your work, and if it comes up, they can check to see if you've actually stolen it. You know, that idea. That's the trouble with the internet, isn't it? <laughs> it was good back when, when only very few people were on the internet. That was good. I know a guy uh, back back in the day, probably in the 80s, I think it was, and he, he was able to go online. 
might have been the early night. I think it was late 80s. And he would actually get all this information online and then he put it together in a little magazine, a little coffee magazine. And um, he made a business out of it in in his hometown. I think it was in Nelson. Very clever. Clever back then. But then if now everyone's got internet. <laughs> so it wouldn't really be like that, I suppose. I suppose I'm doing that. Aren't I? I'm just I'm reading out what the news is. But I do it as a service because I know you're busy and you know you need to know what time it is. And I've been, I've been slack on the time, 17 minutes to six too. Um, but that's why I do it. And then also I, I, I sort of feel that we're just being so brainwashed, you know, and I just sort of feel that um, I just, uh, I mean, I, I just think, it, I mean, most people that listen to me, they already know what I'm saying. But it just, it's a confirmation, isn't it? It's just a reassurance that there's someone else out there that's nuts. No, it's there's someone else out there that, that believes what you believe, that we know the whole thing was a scamdemic, that germs don't exist. It's just a nonsense. It's all about your cells, your body inside, the disease cells. Germs don't exist. The whole thing is a scam just to keep us in fear so they can control us. And that's what it's all about. And um, so that's why I do this. And um, it's just, just a... Just as um, you've got, there's someone else out there. There's the guy on the radio that agrees with you. That's what I think it is. And also, and we've, I've got lots of texts, and I haven't been reading them out, but I will do. Um, some hate mail as well, which is good. That's uh, always good. Anyway, so we're back to that there. And we'll move along now to something else. Undemocratic, that's Trump's team. They've hit back at the Colorado Supreme Court. Donald Trump's team said that's undemocratic to block him from appearing in the ballot papers. Uh, in the 2024 U.S. presidential election. And uh, I wonder if I could play that one. Might be able to. Hopefully it doesn't. it's not one of those funny ones that just has, you know, let's try. Donald Trump's team says it's undemocratic to block him from appearing on ballot papers for the 2024 U.S. presidential election, Colorado. The state Supreme Court says the former president isn't allowed to stand because of his links to the storming of Washington's capital in 2021. There is a process uh, that will now uh, happen um, and uh, has already begun, in fact, because Donald Trump's team have told us that they are appealing uh, this decision. And so it will almost certainly find its way uh, to the Supreme Court here in Washington, D.C., the highest court in the land, um, uh, and a decision uh, that they will make probably very, very quickly in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, it all stems back to, to a decision that was initially made in Colorado last month in November, uh, where a district court there ruled that Donald Trump um, was involved uh, in the insurrection, uh, as they called it, uh, on January the 6th, a few years ago, uh, that he was inciting an insurrection. And because of that, the district court ruled that that didn't disbar him from, uh, from standing for election. However, the Supreme Court in the state of Colorado disagreed with that ruling and decided that it did disqualify him uh, from running for election in the state of Colorado. Uh, They were looking specifically at a a Civil War uh, era part of the US Constitution, uh, which the 14th Amendment, which states uh, that anyone seeking office uh, cannot do so if they have in the past uh, been involved in insurrection. Uh, which the state in Colorado believes Donald Trump had. Um, So what does all this mean? Well, if the Supreme Court in Washington uh, disagrees uh, with uh, the Colorado ruling, uh, then it goes away uh, and he has to be placed back on the ballot in Colorado. Uh, if, on the other hand, uh, they uphold it, uh, well, in the, in the immediate term, there is a problem because suddenly a candidate is not on a ballot in one state but is on the others. Uh, but uh, other states may look at this not as a precedent uh, but, but as an example which they may well be able to follow. So there is the possibility, Jonathan. 
uh, that he could find dominoes falling elsewhere, that he could be taken off the ballot in other states uh, as well. Um, now, uh, in real terms, what does that mean? Well, it would be profound for the electorate. Imagine if you are a, a, a diehard Trump supporter uh, who is suddenly finds that the man you want to vote for is not on the ballot paper. You will feel profoundly disenfranchised by that. And so I think uh, that the impact that this, this, this could have, if it follows, um, follows through and the Supreme Court in Washington upholds it, uh, could be really quite profound for the country. That's Sky's Mark Stone there in Washington, D. There we are. Thank you very much. That is Mark Stone. You can hear my calf. Now, what it is, is I've got about, uh, let's see, 15. I've got four, uh, 24, 24 calves in the paddock just outside the studio here in the new the new paddock, which we've, I've only really had sheep on, but now I've got some calves on. And one of them, one of them, I don't know, he must have been a bit slow, and I put him in with the others, and he's a white-faced sort of um, half-breed, lovely, half-cast. <laughs> he is on the other side of the fence, and that's the problem there. So he'd been on the, the other side all night. So he's all upset about that. Never mind. He'll be right. He'll be right there. 14 minutes to 6, and uh, we're moving on down. Now, the UN, they vote, they vote on Gaza ceasefire. They've postponed it for the second time. They have uh, the vote on the uh, resolution to pause the fighting in Gaza conflict. It's got nothing to do with you. Gets us used to the whole idea of um, a world government controlling individual states, doesn't it? That's what it is. It gets us used to that. Uh, they've delayed it again. The UN Security Council, they continue negotiation. They're worried about the wording or something mucking around with it. In uh, more international news, a lost hike has been rescued near a volcano erupting in Iceland. Remember that one that I couldn't pronounce? That one there. Um, have I got that handy? Oh, I think I got rid of it, didn't I? Didn't know how to pronounce it. Um, uh, no, I can't find it. Smart people, they're, they know what they're doing. We have, they're at the top of their game. We have somebody that's not at the top of his game, never was at the top of a game. Never was. We have a guy who's a dumb son of a bitch, and to allow this to happen. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I didn't have the mic on, sorry. Oh, gosh, well, that was probably just as well. 
Okay, well, so now I've got to edit. I've got an eating job, haven't I, after 8 o'clock? <laughs> I was talking about 30 seconds, so really sorry about that. Um, that's, as I say, it's not a professional studio. I'm going to have to find some technician to um, put a red light in here, so at least I've got a glowing light. So when I turn that microphone on, I don't know how I can do it. Um, not sure how I could do it, but I do need to switch somehow, a little button or something, with it, and then the light comes on because... Um, you just don't know. It's so easy to forget and leave it leave it off like I just did then for about 30 seconds. So my apologies. I'm not even sure where we were up to. So, um, yeah, the United Nations, we were talking about that ceasefire business, weren't we? Uh, they've postponed the um, the resolution on the, on what they say. Uh, the Lost Hiker, we talked about that, didn't we? Yes. And also Iran. Iran is sponsoring of Hamas. They are. And it's provoked conflict in Israel. Shadow Foreign Minister, his name is uh, Simeon Bir- Simon rather Birmingham, says that uh, Iran's sponsoring Hamas has provoked the conflict in Israel. Do you think so? I wonder if it has. Well, let's let's have a listen to see what see what they say about that. And this is brought to you by Sky Sky News. Uh, fair enough. I just wanted to um, end by reading a quote to you from Peter Lay, who's uh, published a think piece in The Australian this morning. He says that essentially uh, his words that um, perhaps some of us need to take a, a deep breath, not not directed personally at you, um, of course, but he said we are now just finishing a two-decade-long war and a largely unsatisfactory adventure in the Middle East. Net, let's not begin a new one. What do you think of that? Uh, Well, I think uh, we see profoundly different strategic challenges right now that uh, we are having to respond to in terms of the disruption that Iran is seeking to sponsor. Iran sponsors Hamas, uh, which has provoked uh, the conflict in Israel. Iran sponsors the Houthi rebels uh, in Yemen, uh, which has provoked uh, this outbreak uh, of attacks on ships in the Red Sea. Iran sponsors Hezbollah. Uh, Iran, of course, is also working with Russia to sponsor their war efforts in Ukraine. There is a clear and concerted effort to cause significant disruption, uh, and it's disruption that flows through and hurts, ultimately, Australians at the supermarket counter, uh, Mm. Australians in paying their day-to-day bills. These might seem to be remote conflicts and issues, but what we've seen in terms of what's occurred in the Ukraine, what we're seeing as to what's happening in the Red Sea, Uh, is that the disruption being caused is having a significant impact on the global economy, particularly on cost pressures and inflations, uh, and that that flows through to all of us in Mm. negative ways, which is why it is in Australia's interest to work with our partners to ensure that these attempts at disruption are stymied and overcome. Yeah, we could be right to Simon Birmingham there with Sky News. Okay, we've got time for a country song, Grant. Yes, we do. Yes, we do, um, but not before uh, not before Catherine Tate. Now, Catherine Tate... Venezuela's a, government will free dozens hey, of prisoners as part of an exchange deal. I don't know what that's about. Oh, you've got to do push the button and stop it, don't you? Uh, also, I want to talk to you about the landowner who's actually blocked off the road with giant boulders as well. well. We'll have a look at that. That's back home here in New Zealand. But before we do, what about um, a bit of comedy? We've got Catherine Tate. She's an incredibly good United Kingdom woman. She's from the United Kingdom, yes. Uh, and a very good actress and a funny, funny woman. Actually, she's playing the part of some Homer. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think that looks too bad. I think a course of antibiotics should clear that up within about a week. Well, yes, you see, I'm very sensitive, Doctor. I have to be very careful what I put in my mouth. <laughs> right. 
How's your mother, Derek? Are you still living at home? She's very well, thank you, Doctor, and yes, I'm still there. Couldn't leave her on her own, not at her age, dear. Uh, oh, Derek, um, I've saved you one of these leaflets. The, um, the surgery's starting a new gay men's health clinic on the first Monday of every month. I don't know if that's something that would interest you. I beg pardon? It's a new health clinic on Mondays. Yes, I heard that bit. For gay men. I beg your pardon. How very day. I've never been so insulted. Derek, everything said here is completely confidential. What on earth are you insinuating? I'm, I'm sorry, Derek. I, I didn't mean to speak out of turn. I, I just always assumed you were gay. Gay do, who do? Me do, no do. Just because I live with my mother and haven't found the right girl yet, you assume I take it up the Aris. How very day. I apologise unreservedly. Well, yes, I think you should. 25 years I've been coming here and then you suddenly come out with this. Well, I find you impertinent. Gay Men's Health Clinic. How very day. Your, um... It's a gentleman's sponge bag. <laughs> Come on, Leonard, we're off. Yeah, sorry about that. Catherine Tate, yes, it's actually is a bit naughty, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but not, probably not not so good, Grant. Um, now, I'm trying to find... So, yeah, so I might just edit that one out. I might take it out, actually. Not so good. Now, oh, here we go. Comments. I was trying to find some comments. Now, now we've got... Um, you're the worst radio announcer I've ever heard. Are you on drugs? <laughs> really disappointing to hear people calling Patrick 21st Century Wire an anti-Semite. That's me. It wasn't people. It was me. I was the one that called him an anti-Semite. Because he is. He hates Jews. Everything. Everything. He, he was listening... It, Every news item, at the end of every news from TNT Radio, he would have, they'd have him on. They don't have him on anymore because I think people like me have been complaining. And it's not that he's not allowed his opinion. He's allowed to be an anti-Semite if he likes, as long as he doesn't incite violence against the Jews. That's, we don't agree with that. But he's allowed to uh, hate the Jews if he wants to. And he says, he, he will say that he doesn't. You know, he's against Zionism. People that say that they're just, you know, the, the Zionists, that's code. That's code for uh, Jew-hating. Uh, whether they, I don't know, I think they know, they know. But anyway, so it's just disappointing. Um, what's that noise? Hang on, turn that down. Um, so, yeah, point to anything he has said that isn't true. Well, um, yes, he follows what Hamas, the information coming out of Gaza about the number of deaths, that, that comes directly from Hamas. So he's quick to point out about them. And I just, he's, he's actually very quick to, to report they, what they say, like he was the one that said that um, Israel um, Israel bombed the hospital and it turned out they didn't. It was actually Hamas. One of their rockets went amiss and blew up in the car park. So no, he's full of it. He um, he is an anti-Semite and um, I'll say that to his face. And what else have you? Oh, you don't rate WikiLeaks as a source? This is me. I No, I don't really. I mean, some, I use sometimes I use them about things that aren't really that important, but no, I do not. Um, he reckons, oh, this guy must be a troll or something. Oh, I don't know, probably not. He shouldn't really say people are trolls, should you? Because, you know, it's just an opinion. And just, you know, I, I don't like it when people say, 
you know, when they disagree with you and then you just say, oh, that's a troll. <laughs> no, no, not really. It's just someone that disagrees with you. Um, anyway, it says here, it's many people's litmus test for quality journalism. 14 years, not a single retraction or inaccurate document. Is that right? Okay. And then um, someone else, we got someone else here. Said, Hamas was founded and still, still funded by Israel, by the Israeli government. And most Palestinians have never experienced an election. Well, that's not because of, that's not, that's not, oh, is that right? No, they do. They voted for Hamas in 2006, though that's not right. I don't agree with that. Um, and I don't agree. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine that Israel would be funding them. That's a bit counterproductive, don't you think? I mean, I mean, I could say that you're a tinfoil hat wearer, but um, I don't know if I agree with that at all. What else does he say here? Um their their own citizens hate Bibi. That's um Bibi is um uh, Pre- Prime Minister Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu. They call him Bibi for making them guinea pigs. But he hasn't made them guinea pigs. That's Hamas themselves. That's what I say. That's the official line anyway. That's what I think. Orthodox Jews also hate Zionism. Do they? I don't think so. I don't think so. There might be the odd one Jew self hating Jew. What else have we got here? So so you know I I um. Your theory there, I, I know where you're going with it, but I don't, I don't buy it, mate. I don't buy it. And also, um, whistleblowers, uh, what have we got here? At Midland Park, 2 p.m., marching at 2.45, they're going to have a protest whistleblowers. Uh, protect whistleblowers. That was a while back there. I missed all this. Sorry about that. Yeah, I missed it. They were going to have a march. I missed that one. Never mind. Uh, also, I go. There we go. Got some, got some good, good one here. It says, "Awesome, thank you." I was there in court. Uh, gave an interview to News Talk ZB, but I doubt that they will air it, and I don't think they did air it. Probably. Um, I'm planning on an on a what on action facing inward to that glass bowl you mentioned with to protect whistleblowers. Don't quite understand what you're doing there. Um, usual free Assange billboards. Yeah, I don't think they should be up there. They, they shouldn't have been there. Uh, that was during, uh, what's his name, Barry Young's. There were people there with free Assange, and I don't think that was appropriate because it was about it was about the Vax stuff. I mean, it's all very good cause getting a, a free, you know Assange free, but I don't think they should, people should have been there muscling in on a different sort of a protest. Uh, it's news time. We're going to the news. Right now. To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange's possible final appeal against extradition in the United States will be held at the UK High Court of Justice in London on February 20th and 21st. Assange faces 17 charges under the U.S. Espionage Act and potentially a 175-year prison sentence. Two judges will review a ruling made in June, which had refused the journalist's permission to make any further appeals. WikiLeaks warned in a statement that this may be the final chance for Julian Assange to prevent his extradition to the United States. On June 6, the UK High Court judge rejected all eight grounds for his motion, backing the 2020 extradition order. Israel has indicated a willingness to pause its military operations in Gaza under the condition that Hamas releases more captives. This proposition, conveyed via Qatari mediators, suggests a seven-day ceasefire in return for freeing up to 40 individuals who are women, elderly, or unwell. Hamas has called for a complete halt to hostilities. However, Israel's leadership, committed to continuing the conflict until Hamas is incapacitated, finds this demand unacceptable.
Presently, it's believed that approximately 128 Israeli and foreign nationals, including at least eight Americans, are held captive in Gaza. Much of Ukraine's military-industrial complex has been devastated by Russian bombardment over the past 20 months, forcing Kiev to rely on the West for everything from rifles to tanks, artillery, and fighter jets. With NATO stockpiles approaching depletion, however, the U.S. and its allies have suggested bolstering Kiev's domestic military industry. According to Ben Hodges, former commander of U.S. Army forces stationed in Europe, the Ukrainian government needs to look at what Germany did in World War II to stand a chance against Russia. They're going to have to increase production of ammunition and weapons in Ukraine. Some of these things are already happening. Uh, but it is possible when you're at war to increase production, even with Russian missiles raining down on your cities. Hodges, who retired as lieutenant general in 2017, has long been an outspoken supporter of Ukraine. In an interview with the Australian YouTuber Perun, published over the weekend, he repeatedly cited examples from the Second World War to argue that Kiev can defeat Moscow on the battlefield. I mean, think about what Germany did in, in 1944. The aircraft production for the Luftwaffe peaked in 1944. Uh, that's after more than two years of uh, steady bombing by the Royal Air Force and the U.S. Uh, uh, Army Air Corps, uh, bombing the hell out of German cities, but yet German aircraft production increased. So I think Ukraine can do that with some uh, improving efficiency. Some Western companies are already there helping. Thunderstorms have swept across New South Wales, prompting hundreds of calls for assistance to the state emergency service. The SES has urged people to get ready for what could potentially be an unusually wet and stormy Christmas. Around 380 volunteers responded to more than 400 storm and flood-related incidents from Tuesday afternoon and into Wednesday, December 20th. The Financial Times is reporting that several European nations are hesitant about the proposal to confiscate frozen Russian assets to financially assist Ukraine. While this idea is gaining momentum among G7 members, France, Germany and Italy are notably cautious. EU officials are also concerned about potential Russian retaliation if these assets are seized. The report reveals that approximately 260 billion euros of Russia's central bank assets have been frozen in G7 countries, the EU and Australia. Of this, the EU holds about 210 billion euros, with Belgium and France possessing 191 billion euros and 19 billion euros, respectively. Switzerland has around 7.8 billion euros, while the U.S. has about $5 billion of these assets. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. Thank you very much, James. That is great. And uh, yes, we'll be back at 7 o'clock with more news from TNT Radio. And uh, if you want to hear Talkback, if you like Talkback more than you like listening to me or more than you like listening to country music, why not get over to tntradio.live? Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Business as usual at the United Nations on Tuesday as the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Oh, that's a bit old. We won't play that. No, no, we won't do that. No, no, do this one. Yeah. The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at TNTradio.live. Okay, we are over at the weather department here with uh, Met Service, and I'll uh, just do a quick refresh. I was, I was mucking around, I don't know, <laughs> trimming my toenails. No, I wasn't doing that. Uh, and we're looking at, I'll do another refresh because that didn't seem right. It seemed like it was exactly the same as it was an hour ago. Anyway, the extremes for New Zealand, uh, Kai Tai has the highest temperature at the moment, 19.4 degrees. Lumsden's still the lowest. I don't think this has been updated. 
No, it hasn't. It's exactly the same as what it was. Oh, no, there's a wee bit more wind in Nugget Point. 31 kilometres per hour there. Lumsden, 9.6 is the lowest temperature, 9.6 degrees. And there's no rain at all any of the main centres at the moment. The short forecast for all New Zealand, for Northland and Auckland, cloudy periods, scattered showers in Northland, mainly in the north. Waikato to Manawatu, including Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty and Central High Country. Also for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, mostly fine today, areas of cloud or fog in the morning. Isolated showers about the ranges this afternoon and evening. For Horobanua to Wellington, also for the Wairarapa, mostly cloudy with patchy drizzle. Clearing this morning with fine spells increasing, isolated showers about the ranges this afternoon. In the South Island, Buller, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, low cloud this morning and evening, lingering about the east coast scattered afternoon showers inland with some of them heavy. For Westland and Fiordland, often cloudy and rain or drizzle at times. Otago and Southland, often cloudy with scattered rain, turning to showers inland this afternoon with some possibly heavy. And finally for the Chatham Islands, often cloudy for you. And I was thinking about something else that I was going to do. I can't think of it. Uh, it is seven minutes past six, and um, I've got a, a song from Brothers Osborne lined up very shortly. I've heard it said that diamonds are a creationist's best friend. Explain why. <laughs> that, that is a good one. We have an article on our website entitled Just That. And the reason is that diamonds, which are believed to be billions of years old, couldn't possibly have any carbon-14 in them if that was true. Now, carbon-14 is a radioactively unstable form of carbon. Diamonds are the hardest known possible, so no impurities can get into or out of a diamond. So if the diamond's billions of years old, there can't be carbon-14 inside. It would have decayed long since. Every sample of diamond tested to date has revealed significant quantities of carbon-14, showing that the diamonds are not billions of years old. They can only be thousands. And that's consistent with the Bible's record of history but totally inconsistent with the evolutionary story. So diamonds really are a creationist's best friend. They are. They are a girl's best friend too. We know that, don't we? It's eight minutes past, eight minutes past six, and um, just, I was just reading some, some text here that people have sent me. Um, this was I must have made some comments about the Maori Party disruption, and this guy says, the, uh, the information about native language is false. This is me. Uh, our people, our people. When they say our people, they don't mean all of us. Billy Tekahika used to go our people and um, making out that he just meant all New Zealanders, the Kiwis, but he really meant the Iwi. <laughs> he did in particular his Iwi. Uh, he, yes, now this fellow says our people never disrespect were never disrespectful to anyone. This is the Maoris. He's saying that they were never disrespectful. Uh, we were telling each other how fearful we were of people that we didn't know. Any ugly behaviour was taught by the Europeans. You're experiencing a little of what people had to deal with now. No, that's that's just propaganda, mate, that you've heard on the Marae. Absolute nonsense, that is there. Just nonsense. Nine minutes past. This is Brothers Osborne, and uh, it ain't my fault. <laughs> and my fault I was born here. I'm indigenous to New Zealand too, by the way. Yeah, as white as a sheep.
It's 12 minutes past 6 in the morning, 12 minutes past 6. We'll have news at 7 o'clock with TNT Radio. Uh, and we'll be back looking at weather, and not news rather, in just a moment. I'm just loving looking at my little calves, my brand new ones. I love the little young ones. I've got some pet ones too, the ones that come up and they lick your leg, but they've got 40 grit sandpaper. What's your approach to risk? How would you talk about that? I'm guessing... I'm just, you know, I don't know everybody in this room, but my guess is is that you take significantly more risk than possibly anybody in this room, but certainly more than 95% of the people in this room. What, what allows you to take those risks? Are you faster? Are you smarter? Do you think differently? What do you do differently that allows you to do something that most people here, smart as they are, can't do? I literally just try to use a scientific method, frankly, and, you know, consider the, you know, what, what is the importance of the outcome and what, what, what is one risking in, to, in order to achieve that outcome. And, but like I said, if the outcome is important enough, even if the probability of success is low, one must, I think, still, still do it, in, in my view. You know, some things are very important in order to have a good future, and if we don't do them, well, then we're in big trouble. And so, and then, then how much of a risk really is it? Because if we don't take those actions, we won't have a good future. And I think the risk is thing would be no action. Elon Musk there. Um, it says we're on auto DJ, but um, I, I don't know if, don't even know if we're on there. Mm, mind. 13 minutes past six. Good morning to you anyway. Thanks for joining me. Uh, now we're back over in New Zealand and I'll just ha- have a quick look at, uh, we'll go for Radio New Zealand and see what's happening with them. And it looks like it's going to be a, th- a, be a three to four year recovery of 1 million to 1.5 million probably. This is the Pukitiki, uh, Pukiti, no, Puki, Puki, Puki rather, station owner. Ten, <laughs> 10 months after, oh, okay, yes, Cyclone Gabrielle, the, the bad weather uh, that has left, left the recovery for many East Coasters and the Tairawiti farmers 
Tyrawiti. He says, look, you're so disrespectful, Grant. It's, it's fitty. Oh, okay. Um, they are stuck in the mud still. It's terrible, isn't it? It is terrible. A new train station building opens in central Auckland. Doesn't look too bad, actually. It looks like it's sort of... Can't be new. Anyway, it says there, a new train station building has opened in central Auckland for the Tihuya and Northern Explorer travellers. How about that? And unruly dog owners, you beware, because animal control are going to be watching the West Coast beaches in Auckland. Uh, they are out in force and uh, making sure that nobody's breaking the rules. There are more rules, you see. Uh, they're returning, especially with the returning of the penguins, that which are protected. They don't want those dogs out there um, eating penguins. And also the social cost of road crashes has hit $10 billion. I don't know how they work out these things, but this is the people at the transport department. Any increased speed limits could lead to more people being killed and seriously injured in crashes, a former road safety police officer said. Well, that's nonsense because, uh, you know, no one wants to travel at 80 kilometres per hour. I mean, unless you've got an old Morris Minor, you might. But, um, you know, people have got to keep moving. And you just it's all to do with just attention. You know, like inattention on the road would, would be the worst. Uh, I think the worst, the, the biggest cause, really. Um, if you're going too fast, you've just got to drive to the conditions, don't you? I mean, just because it says 80 k's and, and you're in the wet or 100 kilometres per hour doesn't mean to say it's safe. And um, remember, there used to be an ad out there that used to, on TV years ago, it used to say it's not a target, talking about the speed limit. You know, they'd have the, the it's not a target. But then I know some people that came from overseas, some elderly people. And they were in their camper van. They were going too slow. They got a ticket for going too slow. I just, I didn't think that was legal. Um, I hope they didn't pay it. Anyway, we're over at Radio New Zealand, rnz.co.nz. Egypt seeks to broker a Gaza ceasefire as Hamas Israel assert demands. Well, how could they broker it? I mean, they, they hate the Jews as well. Anyway, they do because the Egyptian, the, the very first Arab, which the Palestinians are Arabs, the... Um, the very first Arab was actually a half Egyptian, half Jew. His name was Ishmael. He's the father of the Arab nations. And then they went and set up in Arabia. <laughs> well, they named it Arabia after the Arabs. Arabs, Arabia, Ch- China, where the Chinese live. Germany, where the Germans are. England, where the English are. I mean, why can't we all just stay in our own place? <laughs> and then we could go on lovely holidays. We could say, why don't we go to China and see what it's like over there and experience it? Now you don't. You just go down to Chinatown, don't you? Like, <laughs> you know, there used to be a Chinatown in Wellington, and it was like full of. They had opium dens and all sorts. I wonder if my friend Dennis Lloyd would know about that. I wonder if I should give him a ring. Could be. It'd be too early, wouldn't it? Just gone six. Gosh, this morning's dragging, isn't it? Absolutely dragging. I feel like it's eight, you know eight o'clock already. But you know, one wonderful thing is I'm, the sun is up. It's um. It's not. I don't think it's risen yet, but it's certainly very bright. You're a bit of a winder, aren't you? Shall I open the window so you can hear my lovely animals? There they are. They look, they are a fine bunch. They're actually, these ones are Jersey Cross, actually. Um, I've only just started getting them. They look a bit fine-boned. Yeah, I know. Look a bit fine-boned. So we'll just see how they go. I won't buy any more of them if they, if they don't grow quickly. Because, you know, you really want to get rid of them 18 months, 24 months. Uh, you don't want to keep heifers anything older than you know, two years, actually. Uh, they give you a, a lesser rate. I don't know why they do that. But that's what they do anyway. There we are. I'll leave the window open so you can have some background farming sounds. How about that? So um, what else have we got? The um, overdue student loan repayments have hit more than $2.2 billion in New Zealand. Also, 
Um, what have we got? Uh, Glenn Simons, uh, Simmons, I should say. It's the longest in prison in the U.S. inmate uh, exonerated 48 years on. Glenn Simmons. Is that the um, the name of the person? Oh, there he is, black fellow. He has been released after he's been in jail for 48 years. Gosh, he must be old. Glenn Simmons, 70. Wow, he was freed in July. Isn't that lovely sound? Uh, he was freed in July. Yeah, when the judge ordered a new trial. But the county district attorney said on Monday there was not enough evidence to warrant one. Wow, so that, wow, Oklahoma County District Judge Amy Palumbo, she declared Simmons innocent. She said this court finds by clear and convincing evidence that the offence for which Mr. Simmons was convicted, sentenced and imprisoned was not committed by Mr. Simmons, she said in the ruling. 48 years. Well, hopefully he'll get um, millions of dollars in payout for being wrongly convicted and spending 48 years of his life in jail. 48, 58, 68. Gosh, that's, um, he was 22 years old. That's, um, that's not very good, is it? Now, uh, and the new train station. Now, we talked about that just before, but uh, it doesn't look like a new train. It looks like an old one. It's like an old building. So what's that all about? 1930s building near the bottom of Parnell Rise. Oh, okay, and central Auckland has been renovated for the Tehuia. What's Tehuia? I don't know where that is. Where's Tehuia? Oh, maybe it's just Tehuia. Maybe it takes you out to Tehuia, is it? I don't know. That's way out there. Why would you want to go out there? Not many people live out there, surely. The Northern Explorer. So I'm not, I'm not even sure where that is. Let's see if they tell us. The new train station building is open in central Auckland. Actually opened in Parnell. I had, I had an office there. When I, magazine. Very nice. Used to like it. That's where I met my friend Enzo Ventura. He owned the little uh, restaurant. And um, we were naughty. We got the... Um, we wanted to, We actually wanted to encourage um, some promotion. And we didn't have, even have any money. So uh, I came up with this idea. We'll grab the McDonald's M, tip it on its side... And we'll put the, the the M on its side, and that will be E for Enzo. And we put it on the windows of the um, the cafe, the Sicilian. He's Sicilian, Sicilian cafe. Um, Enzo's Enzo Ventura, his name was a bit of a traveller. So that's what we did. And sure enough, some people from McDonald's came and saw it, and um, he got a, a letter. But he was too chicken to carry on with it. Should have just carried on and said, "Oh, <laughs> probably a dumb idea." One of my silly ideas. I, and back then, I used to call myself Grant with two A's. And I did that because there was a guy in advertising, his name was Simon, and he had two I's in his name. And, and that he did that so that he, people wouldn't forget him. And people didn't forget me. Grant with two A's. they go, Grant. <laughs> I remember Andy Davies at Ponsonby Real Estate. He used to go, I'd walk in the door and he'd go, Grant, <laughs> Grant, <laughs> come and sit down. He was fun. He's a great guy. Another homosexual, but um, a good guy. Now, he actually told me, we were sitting in his car once. He had one, what did he have? It was a... A, a Datsun 360 or something, some flash thing back in the, you know, in the 90s, in the early 90s. And um, we're on our way to look at it. I think it was one of Lane Stevens. Now, Lane Stevens, I don't know if he's still alive and kicking. I hope so. But Lane at the time was one of one of the area's um, most, he didn't like to call himself a property developer. He said he was a trader. He would trade properties, but he would buy them quite cheap. And we'd always rush off with our properties to him and um, see if he'd buy them first, and then he'd do them up. And Lane said sometimes he'd only make $5,000 on the house, but he just turned over, and he said one year, I think he did like something like almost 60 properties in one year. So that was um, Lane. It was Lane Stevens, wasn't it? Lane. Yeah, I'm sure it was Lane. Yeah, and also he was, um, I think he, he also had a, 
he was friends with my lawyer at the time, um, Davenport. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Oh, name just slips out of your mind anyway. So, um, yeah, so Andy, and he told me, we were sitting in the car and we were on our way to one of Lane's properties, and Andy said, you know, he wasn't, he, he was um, straight, straight as a dog's hind leg. No, he was, a, you know, straight, straight as a pencil, um, not a homosexual. And uh, he even used, he, I think he was engaged to an air, air hostess a woman. And then somehow, uh, I don't know, just slipped into, and I think it's who they associate with, uh, older men, older homos, what they do is, because what those whole older homos do, they pretend that they're not, they, they say they're asexual. I mean, you know, that's why I don't really trust, um, well, he's gone now. Um, what's the one now? The um, William. Um, Williams? Yes. Um, you know, the comedian guy that I play from time to time. He's quite funny. He's, you know, we did one on accents. He's very funny. Funny guy. Um, but he's, he's a homo. I'm sure of it. And I've known others as well. Another guy who said he wasn't a homosexual, he's asexual. That's just rubbish. I think that that's designed to, to, to make young men feel safe and secure with them. And then they slowly lure you into their trap. It's the older homosexuals that do it. Uh, they're very predatory. And, um, and they're promiscuous is, is one thing as well. They have, they have hundreds of partners, these homosexual people. No wonder they've got germs. I don't know, there's no such thing as germs, but no wonder they get into trouble. Uh, so that's what happens. And uh, they, they actually recruit younger, younger boys. And uh, so homosexuals aren't born, they are recruited. Uh, that's how it works, and um, you can the gay, the gay, well, the homosexual, well, there really is not gay. Nothing gay about being a homosexual. Um, they pretend that it is a, um, you know, what do you call it? Well, what do they pretend? They pretend all sorts of things. They're not really straight up front. And uh, and and my son has even experienced it from one of his friends. Um, they pretend that they're not, you know, they're not a homo. And they are, and they're basically just trying to lure you in. And it's it's very anyone anyone can become a homosexual, and there are anybody. We are very we can we can be we can adapt. Men can adapt. Like for example, if you go to war, like I've heard stories of young men that have gone to war and they've fired the first shot and killed the killed the first you know enemy combatant, and they've vomited. They were so disgusted in what they've done. They're you know, just, just horrendous that they've taken another life of another human being in battle and con, you know, in combat. And then those same men, after a year of fighting, you know, they become killing machines. And this is what happens. So we can adapt. We are very adaptable here. On we, and that's what we do. We're just. We're. That's why we're just you know mankind is very adaptable and that's why there's nine billion of us uh, we're survivors and um but that's why i think you it's to, it's to do with your and i've had this conversation with others that it's really your environment and that's why it's important for parents to make sure that your young boys and your young girls uh don't just be careful who they associate with because it's those older boys and those older girls that teach your children you know the ones that have been the ones that have you know they've already been perverted by someone else. Um, they are the ones that teach your kids all the bad stuff. So you've got to be very careful. Never trust your own children either. I learned that from an uncle actually. He said never trust your kids, and his kids turned out really well. But he said never trust them. 
uh, too many parents trust their children and then they they're sort of in, in shock and disbelief that they've you know that they're doing something that's no good um anyways i don't know how i came from the train station to that but we did yeah, we did we got there uh, 27 minutes past six and um so there we are i'll just work my way back to the front page <laughs> um let's move away from there Let, let's move away and um i'll be right back small differences at the population level can turn into very large differences at the extreme so for example men and women are broadly similar with regards to aggression although men tilt a little bit more towards aggression so that if you picked a random person out of the population male and female and you guessed that the male was more aggressive, you'd be right 60% of the time. But if you take the one in a hundred most aggressive people, they're all male. And that's why the overwhelming proportion of people who are in prisons are male. Now, do you want to equalize that? Just out of curiosity? What about bricklayers? They're 99% male. We've got about three quarters of the population now in universities in the humanities and social sciences are female. Yeah. Are we going to equalize that? Men work longer hours. They work more dangerous jobs. They're more likely to move. They're more likely to work outside. They're more likely to participate in jobs in the STEM fields that are scalable. They make more money for those reasons. And that's all hidden under the idea that the reason that men and women make different amounts of money is because of their gender. Yeah, that's right. That's Jordan Peterson there. 28 minutes past six. And I'm over at News Hub now, and I was just looking at a story. Waiheke Island's wharf-to-wharf race has been cancelled over safety concerns. Gosh, they just they just want to take away all your fun, don't they? Uh, this is the story. After almost 30 years, the Waiheke Islands wharf-to-wharf race has been cancelled. Wharf-to-wharf race. Uh, due to health and safety concerns, oh, rubbish. Organisers said it's no longer financially viable to run the event because of the Auckland Council's strict traffic management requirements. Uh, there were fears other community events will suffer the same fate. For 30 years, the 25-kilometre signature event has started the spectacular Orapiu Wharf. It starts there, and it finishes at Amatiatia Wharf. I know, I know to say that one. Been in there many a time, rocking around with the ferries coming in. You wish you, oh, why do we come in here for? <laughs> Best to go around the, the one just up the, around a bit. Can't remember what that's called. Anyway. Uh, but increasing traffic management requirements have put a stop to the event altogether. Uh, it's a real disappointment that we've been... We've been away from the event for two or three years because of COVID, COVID, the pandemic. This is a runner, Gary Wilton, he told NewsHub. And this was the year it was all coming back. But organisers are frustrated that the Auckland City... Yeah, I'm going to close that window. Noisy, noisy, aren't they? Um, they're frustrated that... Um, and they've been asking for... Oh, hang on. The Auckland Council are asking... For is they want ten times what was would normally be requested for an event of this size. That's Leighton Langley. He's president of the Waiheke Rotary Club. Langley told News Hub Auckland Transport is demanding more certified traffic management controllers, plus assets like trucks and signage. Uh, those would need to be brought over from the mainland. Yeah, that's right. It's all extra cost, isn't it? And it's over managed. Yeah, it is. It's over managed. Uh, that's right. And we have a very low speed limits on the island, and um, yeah, so we we want to run run this by the residents, and we know that the island intimately, and we've always we know it intimately, and we've always been successful in doing that, according to Langley, uh, Auckland Transport. They told News Hub it's absolutely wants community events to continue, and it is working closely with organisers of the Waiheke event to help the contractor 
keep the event traffic management costs down? Well, no, not according to them. But locals are worried about what it means for the future of events on the island. Um, Wilton, this is another, this is Wilton, says that on the island like this, small events are all we've got. Yeah, that's true. So they're holding out hopes that the event can be reinstated, but they're not going to do it because it's just, you know, too much hassle for Auckland Council. Too much busybodying, you know, interfering, half past six. Too much interfering with other people's business. We've got to keep them out of our business, these councils. They're there. We vote them in, and then they, they just interfere in your life. Too much meddling. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Now, um, we should we ha- we could have a... Oh, no. Actually, let's go back to... Where, I'll go back to where I was, because then I clicked on that story, and I wished I hadn't have done. Uh, now, look look at this propaganda. Coronavirus. Here we are. Thousands of Kiwis face zooming in for Christmas lunch as significant wave of COVID-19 sweeps New Zealand. It's more fear porn. Look, if you're actually wearing a mask, you're, you're actually um, disinformation. You're spreading misinformation. That's what you're doing about COVID. You're the problem. Uh, also, slow down. Let them pass. This is to do with road, you know, because they're going to be traveling. Man, Is it Boxing Day? They have a bit of a rest? And then the day after Boxing I think it's Boxing Day. Everyone's on the road, aren't they? Traveling around. That's when, the, you know, accidents happen. It's when tempers get frayed. Because you just want to get to your spot, don't you? That's why I like sailing. You just go down to the marina. You just load everything on the boat. As soon as you get to the boat and you load everything on, you're on holiday. Uh, you just undo the lines. People call them ropes. You undo the lines and away you go. And you're on holiday. And you don't have to worry about traffic. I mean, I had decades of that. Never never bothered, you know, because it was just such a nightmare. I mean, when we were kids, you know, we had the caravan on the back. <laughs> and it was fun. I We enjoyed it with mum and dad. We enjoyed it. But... Um, you know, the traffic. I, what I can remember about the holidays the most wasn't so much the holidays, but it was getting to them. You know, the car overheating and <laughs> going up the hill. Um, you know, the desert road, going <laughs> stop at the top of the hill, having to fill it up. It's probably just, probably just because it needed a new water pump or something. It's usually a water pump. Thermostat, first of all. If it's not the thermostat, it's a water pump. Broken thermostat too, that can happen. Anyway, so what they're saying is here, they say slow down or let them pass. Kiwis are split on how to deal with angry tailgaters. I just think just people have got to keep it together, don't they? Don't get too tired. Have a rest. Stay home. Stay an extra day at home and just have a good snooze and then get on the road sort of like on the 27th or something like that. That's what I would do anyway. Thousands of toads have invaded parts of Queensland, Australia after heavy rain. And three-decade-old Waikiki Isle of the Race, that's the race I clicked on there, and it's just wrong, apparently. What's the sport? Transgender athlete slams New Zealand's first sport funding threat. It's just wrong. It's not wrong. Transgender shouldn't be involved in sport. If they want to be involved, if the man who's dressed up as a woman thinks he's transgendering, <laughs> he should go and compete with the men. It's just cheating. That's all it is. United States, this is all on newshub.co.nz. Trump's cheating. What? Or rather, creating. Trump's creating just the kind of legal chaos he wants for next year. Really? That's just nonsense. He doesn't want that. He doesn't look happy. But he doesn't mind. If you take him on, he's okay. Because it all adds to his popularity, isn't it? Like they say. But this paper is against it. All the New Zealand publications are against Trump. They hated him from 2015 when he walked, when he was riding the escalator at Trump Towers. 
down the escalator there and he announced his um, running as president. They hated him from that moment on because he's not a globalist. That's what I say. Now, in agriculture, New Zealand may supply is under threat as sodden conditions complicate corn sowing in Gisborne and Wairua. That's right, they had a lot of rain there. Uh, in sport, uh, with football, Auckland program aims to reverse dwindling number of Kiwi girls playing football. Well, I don't think girls should play football anyway. It's not their space. Just stick to netball, lovey. Keep the house clean. For hubby, too many women spending far too much time in sport and they should be at home, you know, getting fit around the house, scrubbing and cleaning. Don't forget the floors. Don't, and get pull the fridge out and get in behind that fridge. It's, sometimes they're disgusting. I find sometimes women are, are worse than men uh, in houses. Uh, pull the oven out, give it a good scrub. That'll keep you fit. And, you know, cleaning the ceiling, that's always good for the upper body and the arms. You know, get those saggy triceps working. Um, you know, cleaning, you know, the ceiling, cleaning the fly crap off the ceiling because you've left food out instead of putting it away and wiping the bench, keeping the, you know, it's just hopeless, really. Um, now we've got other things. Employment. Government passes legislation bringing back 90-day trials. Yep, that, so they should. And um, this is an economy now. You've got Nicola Willis there, and you've got silly old fat Grant Roberts of the fat homo there. He's, gosh, he looks, oh, you big fatty. You're just a hopeless character. You, know, you are, really. And she's, she's the finance minister now. Robertson says, uh, time, Willis stopped baseless attacks, reveals that she's actually, she actually reveals, reveals what she actually plans to do. You, you've just made a mess of it. Grant Robinson and Willis is going to fix things up and she wouldn't be there the National Party wouldn't have put her there if she doesn't know what she's doing and you can also watch this the TV host jokes Aussies ready to claim Luxon as their own in his first international TV interview should we look at that yeah we'll click on that one here we go have a listen to this it's not going to be loud enough oh what's this an ad oh no you can get stuff we're not playing ads not playing ads for opposition radio even if it is only 10 seconds Australians love to steal New Zealand talent and an Aussie TV presenter he has started making moves to nab New Zealand Prime Minister Christopher Luxon according to News Hub noting former Prime Minister Dame Jacinda Ardern's star power on the world stage oh, rubbish Sunshine host Matt Sherv they call him Shervo Shervington he told Luxon if you go really well we're going to try to claim you, right? Like Russell Crowe. Yeah, like, like Farlap, like the Pavlova and Crowded House. Yeah, that's right, they claim everything. Shervo made the comments because the Prime Minister's close ties to Australia, because of his close ties. Luxon moved to Sydney with his wife. Did you know that? Amanda. She's nice, apparently. After graduating from university at Canterbury in 1992. And they were, they must be pretty young. They were based there for five years. They must have only been in their 20s. Um, they bought a house there, and they had their first child there, according to Luxon. Yeah, so they like it over there. Uh, so that's yeah, it's quite common. About There's about 700,000 Kiwis living in Australia. Did you know that? I bet you didn't. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Luxon's his whirlwind trip to Sydney was built on a long-standing relationship by meeting with Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. He's a bit of a dick, isn't he? And we said we've known each other in previous lives. Oh, they were alive. They were alive. What do you call it? Um, reincarnation. <laughs> the pair first met back in 2015 when Luxon was CEO of Air New Zealand. I bet you didn't know that, eh? Overseas people. Our Prime Minister 
was actually the chief executive officer of, of our big main airline in New Zealand, world famous. He said, we get on really well. Uh, actually, yeah, that's what he says. Big extroverts, that's what they are. That's, he was all excited about the meeting. Yeah, oh, gosh, it's hard to get excited about this, isn't it? Just that level of enthusiasm is waning. They're talking about talking about um, Luxem. Uh, in housing, just rich, just rich older people trying to have it their way, according to a developer. He hits back at petition against apartment plan. I wonder who that is. Oh, won't let me, won't let me click on it. Oh, sod you then. We won't, uh, we won't look at it. No, I don't mind. Mm. That's it there for them, and um, we, we could look at um, the Herald, but every time you click on it, they want they want to make you pay, and I'm not paying. It's 21 minutes to seven, and of course we'll have the famous, the world famous TNT Radio News coming up at seven o'clock. I think it's time. I can feel like I can feel like my throat. No, I don't know. It's not my throat's all right, but it, uh, I feel like I need a coffee or something. Another coffee. I'm getting the shakes. <laughs> um, I think I quite like this girl. She's pretty new actually, her name is Kelsey Ballerini and this song is Half My Hometown and it features Kenny Chesney, I'm sure you'll like it. Half of my high school got too drunk Half of my high school fell in love with the girl next door In their daddy's Ford Half of my main street's miniskirts Dress for church, could use some rain and a fresh coat of paint. Half of my hometown still hanging around, still talking about that one touchdown. They're still wearing red and black, go about cats while the other half of my hometown they all got out. Some went north, some went south. Still.
Talk about that one touchdown Raise some kids in red and black Go Bobcats while the other half of my hometown Was in the crowd that knew the words But sang them loud And all I wanna do was make them proud Cause half of me will always be Kenny Chesney and Kelsey Ballerini, aren't they great together? They are fantastic. 17 minutes to 7. TNT Radio News coming up at 7. And noisy cows, aren't they? They're noisy little boys. I'm just actually just posting a photo of them up on the Facebook. On the Oh, no, I'm putting it on the Grant Edwards one. Uh, and you, well, you can tell it's me. It's Grant Edwards and it's got the um, NZL that's got the loyal, the loyal photograph. That's the profile photograph. So I'll put it there. Is that how you spell noisy? N-O-I-S-E-Y? I think that's it, isn't it? Or has it, got, has it got an E in it? I think it has. Oh, my gosh, maybe it hasn't. Oh, well, I'll fix it later. People let you know, don't they? They let you know. Okay, um, we'll be back to news in a minute. Right. Israel's the only place where they had the deal on the table in 1947. Let's split up the country. The Jews were like, okay, we'll do that. We'll take half. Israel was very small the way it was originally drawn up. They said, no, we'll attack you and try to kill you and take it all. They failed. Then they attacked again in 56 and 67 and 73, and they are still attacking. They could have peace so easily. Just stop attacking. Do you really think after all this time, this uh, from the river to the sea, really? You're going to get rid of Israel? They're going to just disappear? What a deluded way to look at the world, even if you believed in it. Like, Israel is not going anywhere. Let's deal with that reality. There's no river to the sea. You're not going to get from the river to the sea. This is the fundamental problem. They don't ever make a I'm deal. Saying, what does that mean, river to the sea? That's what they chant all the time. It's, it's a... It's a what? Gosh, that's a bit of a bad ending. Gosh, I'm just reading some of these comments over here. Um... Oh no, that's no, that's I'm on, I'm on the wrong one. I've got the wrong phone. Oh, that's my own. Oh no, wrong ones. Oh, never mind. Okay, so uh, we are quarter quarter to seven, and uh, gosh, today is dragging, isn't it? Now, transfer. We're over at New Zealand Hill actually, and you can find them at nzhill.co.nz, and they, the big headline there is transphobic bigot judge throws out students' weak defamation case against academic. And I wonder if they will let me because the judge will be a homo probably <laughs> or a paedophile I don't know maybe not maybe not allegedly um, a civil case against a senior academic accused of being a transphobic bigot and defaming a student in an email to colleagues has been labelled weak and thrown out by the judge he said the student's version of events is not credible and they had themselves made extravagant defamatory claims about the academic during the process. Last month, the New Zealand Hill revealed that the court action came after the student was suspended from the institution. Suppression orders prevent the New Zealand Hill from publishing any details of what could identify the student or the institution. Well, it would be, be Auckland Uni, will not it? The student initiated the defamation proceedings against the academic after an exchange between the pair earlier this year. It's just I mean, this is why this is why academic um, organisations 
universities and uh, technical institutes are in dire straits in this country because parents are just talking their kids out of it. You know, why do you want to do that for? Why do you want to go and learn all about that leftist rubbish? I mean, that New Zealanders, we are we're starting to wake up now. We were sleeping giants there. We were allowing these um, these weirdos to teach our kids. And um, people are just saying, look, why don't you just um, get a trade and don't worry about going to university. Why would you bother? Uh, you, you'll make money pretty much straight away when you're out there. Um, just try and get an apprenticeship or something like that. And there's some good jobs out there. I mean, a plumber, a gas fitter, they're really good. Uh, electrician, that's really interesting. You get you to meet people. Um fix up the problems and um, you know I don't know if I just want to do rewiring of new houses all the time although maybe it could be fun I mean you work with other tradies don't you I think it's quite good I think they quite enjoy it all the tradies working together and it's a bit of teamwork you know you've got to come in at the right place and at the right time get the timing right yeah trade no it could be quite good doing new buildings and there's a lot of new buildings need to be built in this country what else could you do buildings always good hard work keeps you fit Tell you what, just got to be careful you don't fall off the building. Uh, lots of builders I've known over the years have fallen off buildings, but they're pretty safe now. And they've they've got um, you know good scaffolding that goes up first. That's for, we used to build houses. Boy, oh boy, man alive! We didn't do it with a step ladder, but <laughs> you know we went. It wasn't exactly safe. You had to watch yourself. Personal responsibility, which is how I think it should be anyway, for everything. Uh, so there we are, that's that little story there. That, so they let us read it, New Zealand Herald. They sometimes do that. Fifteen people have been killed in a mass shooting in downtown, not Auckland, in Prague. This has just come up, actually. Just come up now, so I better tell you about that. An armed man opened fire uh, in a university building in downtown Prague today, killing at least 15 people and uh, sowing widespread panic with one of the Czech Republic's, it is one of the worst mass shootings of its kind, police and the city's rescue services have said. The bloodshed took place in the philosophy department building of the Charles University, where the shooter was a student, Prague Police Chief Martin Vondrasik. He said that, uh, that he has not been named publicly. Uh, police gave no details about the victim, uh, victims or a possible motive for the shooting at the building. You know, that's because he's a Muslim. <laughs> you can guarantee it. He's going to be a Muslim. Yeah, they always cover it up, don't they? They're trying to make out that it was a good thing, bringing in all these foreigners. That's what I've been saying all along. No more Muslims. No, Not allowed any, especially ones that actually take the, the Quran seriously. It's a book of war. Anyway, uh, so I'll just carry on with this. This is the... Um, Von Drasik, he said that he was he's not been named publicly. Police gave no details about the victims or the possible motive for the shooting at the building located near the. Uh, it's got look, it's a V and an L, and then it's got a Tava. Uh, I guess it's Vltava River. In the, I should know. I could always ask my friend. Uh, that was in the Jan Palach Square. I suppose that's how they say it. In Czech, yeah, the Czech Interior Minister. Vit uh, Rakusin said investigators did not suspect a link to any extremist ideology or groups. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Uh, Pavel Nidoma, the director of the nearby Rudolfinum Gallery, Rudolfinum, hmm, said that he saw from his window a person standing on a balcony of the building and shooting a gun. What was it? A, a pistol? A gun? A rifle? 
what was it, police said that they were still searching the area, including the balcony, for possible explosives. Oh, no. This is a Muslim terrorist guarantee. The building was evacuated. Prague Mayor Boluslav Svoboda, that's what he said, was evacuated. The building forms part of the square and faces a bridge across the river with views to the Prague Castle. Beautiful photograph I'm looking at here of the castle. And they've got... Oh, gosh, the whole thing's just taken off. Gone right down the bottom. Sorry about that. There we are. We'll We'll get back to the story. And it says here that it forms part of the square. This is the building. And faces the bridge across the river with a view of the Prague... Yeah, I said all that, didn't I? Uh, The seat of the Czech presidency. That's where it is. Yep. President Peter Pavel. He said that he was shocked about what happened and he offered his condolences to relatives and victims. And um, watch this here. We've got this other thing, something strange happening. Uh, Students hiding. Oh, during the shooting. There's a photograph of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven students, some boys and girls, some with long hair. It looks like an old photograph. Do people still have hair that long? Didn't think that. It looks like something out of the 70s. And they're standing up on a ledge on the side of this building, hiding from the shooter on the outside of the building. Gosh, they look like they're a long way up. And it says here, uh, students hiding during the shooting at Charles University in Prague. Earlier today, the Czech police say 10 people have been killed and dozens injured. That was old news. That came out on X. But um, we now know that it's 15 people have been killed. So that's the latest international news. It's terrible, isn't it? And what else have we got here? We've got media's crazy chaotic year. Insider awards 1,000 plus jobs to set to set go. What does that mean? Ad agency. They must be an ad agency. Eh? This is business. Set go. Media Insider, the state of New Zealand media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, good, bad, and the ugly. Oh, no, good, bad, and the rugby. <laughs> That's uh, of 2023. A thousand plus jobs to go, say, sector report, ad agency's big TAB win, and Television New Zealand's annual report. And uh, that's Hawk. Oh, well, no, won't let you read it. It's dollar fifty. There's a there's a picture there of um, Kim Hill. It's very very attractive picture of her. Actually, she looks good there. Sometimes she looks gruff, but I suppose it's all done with a photographer, isn't it? And other business. One New Zealand staff to protest over work from home policy. The telecommunications company was a pioneer of flexi time, but I suppose now they're going to change that, are they? Will it let me read it? No, it's another one. Won't let me read it. But they've, I'm not very happy with them uh, because we've had, since last, since the Sunday, yesterday we had bad um, cell towers out. It was on and off all, all day. I think even today it's, it hasn't been that good. Um, it's been on and off today as well. And so it's been like that for about three days in a row, at least three days in a row. According to this, it's on auto, auto DJ, but I don't think that's right. But something's not right. It's been they've been playing around with me all for the last week. Anyway, I'll be back in a minute. Got water on the boil. <laughs> I've got to get a whistle because I'm sure I'm using way too much LPG. It's uh, coming up to six minutes to seven. How do neutron stars contradict the idea that the universe is old? Well, there are astronomical objects called globular clusters, and they're sort of dense things of stars. And within those are these neutron stars, and they're fast-moving. You can measure the speed of them. 
and all of the neutron stars would have been ejected from the globular clusters in less than 2 million years. But they're supposed to be 10 billion years old plus, these globular clusters. And so this is a fundamental problem for the story of the deep time billions of years. Now, a major study of the, it's called the retention problem. How do these globular clusters retain these things? And it's called a long-standing mystery. Adam wasn't created as a baby, so could God have done the same thing with the Earth? Well, to some extent, there's some there's something in this because God created a, a productive Earth. It wasn't a rock, rock that had to form soil and then eventually grow trees. It was actually a productive place. So the soil's already there, the trees are already growing, the people were already there, they could talk and they didn't have to learn to talk and things like that. So it was a going concern. So there's an appearance of age. But that doesn't extend to God planting fossils in the ground and false indications of age that can mislead us. That wouldn't be something God would do. Mm. No, that's right. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, all about that creation and stuff like that. Some people just hate hearing it, don't they? Because you know they've got they've got a their mindset. They're made up that you know the world is you know billions of years old, and um, well, the the matter might be. Who knows? But um, they they reject the whole idea of God. They hate God, really. They, they, the Bible tells us who those people are. They are if you if you just hate God like that. If you just if it's in you, just to you know, um, sometimes people are angry, aren't they? They hate something they don't believe in. <laughs> they hate something that doesn't. They don't believe exists, but they do it because something's happened earlier on in their life, usually. But um, the Bible tells us who these people are, what they are. They are children of disobedience. It's rebellion, really. Rebellious kids. That's what I. That's what I find. Anyway, it's four minutes to. I think it is. Yes, yes, four minutes to seven. We're going to have that TNT radio news at seven. But I'm over at stuff at the moment, and we're looking at the national news. And you can find stuff at stuff.co.nz. And the survey finds a million Kiwis struggling to access GP. That's the general practitioners, as doctors call for urgent action. More than one in five New Zealanders say that the time taken to get an appointment has been a barrier to seeing uh, their GP up from a year ago, according to the new survey. And that's because um, lots of doctors have left the industry uh, because they were living in fear. They couldn't, they, they, they knew that this whole the so-called vaccine, the jab toxin rollout was bad news. They knew that people were being injured by it. Cardiologists all over New Zealand, all over the world actually, all, and I know this firsthand, uh, cardiologists know what's going on. They've got, they're seeing a lot of kids with myocarditis and pericarditis, which kids don't get, and they know it, and they're all frightened. They they're too scared. They should they should they don't want to lose their careers. Basically, they they love the lifestyle. They love that more than well. They they they're happy for little children to die, to to and to to be maimed by this um, wicked, evil vaccine, fake vaccine that they've put out there that they've invented a fake virus so that they can depopulate. That's what they're doing. And you might say, oh, he's got his tinfoil hat on. I'm fresh out of tinfoil. But um, that's what's going on. You'll wake up one day. Now, whether, uh, whether or not it's going to be good for you, uh, gaining, gathering rain clouds uh, coming for Christmas, so it might not be 100%. We'll look at weather after the 7 o'clock news. And um, Middlemore Hospital, the um, emergency department, is really busy right now. According to County's um, Health, they say they're asking people to instead visit their GP or emergency. Well, you can't even get a visit with your with your GP or a clinic unless conditions uh, unless it's a life threatening condition or you know 
to life or limb. And a Navy sailor has been dismissed after strangling comrades, uh, making racist comments. The sailor will also serve four months military detention after he was found guilty of strangulation, common assault and using insulting language. Chloe Schwarbrook, she apologises over the demonstrable lie quote, the accusation. The Green MP, Member of Parliament that is, uh, she initially refused to apologise in the House. This is in Wellington, uh, in the House of Representatives. There's representatives, they represent us, but they don't. They represent the World Economic Forum. After saying uh, saying in a Parliament, a parliament that the Prime Minister claimed, the Prime Minister's claims the government was not uh, was not weakening its action on climate change was a lie. That's what she said. But then she sort of said, well, I wasn't saying that he was a lie. Because not let us call people liars in the House. That's unparliamentary language. And Jerry Brownlee, who's the Speaker of the House, he said he didn't hear it. Um, but, he's, you know, if that's what she said. But anyway, the next day she thought about it and she apologised. Um, also, uh, what else have we got here? Weather, Middlemore, a Navy sailor. Oh, it's all repetitive down the bottom there. So we're at stuff and the top stories. A prisoner is dead, another injured after a stabbing at Wirree Prison. That's, that's South Auckland. Prisoner at the Wirree Men's Prison. Didn't know there was one there. Uh, he has died and another is injured after a stabbing at the prison in the kitchen. I don't know if that's just happened or not. Um, bit of a quick look while we wait for the news to come up. Uh, it must have been last night. Was it? A prisoner has died. Incident unfolded at Auckland South Corrections Facility, the prison privately run by Serco. I don't agree with that private business. Okay, um, and it's it's on the Kiwi Tamaki Road in Wirree. A Serco spokesman said an inmate assaulted the two prisoners, and one remains in hospital with non life-threatening injuries. The perpetrator has been secured and segregated and will be transferred to another prison, according to the spokesperson. Detective Inspector Warwick Atkin, Atkin, I should say, it's got a D in it, said um, that the police were notified at around 20 to 12 uh, of a ser- this in the morning, of a serious incident that was yesterday inside the men's prison. One man was found unresponsive and uh, was worked on. Uh, and I, we've just got to go to the news now. I'll, I'll tell you about that after. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A tragic mass shooting occurred at Charles University in Prague, resulting in 10 deaths and over 30 injuries. The incident unfolded around 3 p.m., with a lone gunman reportedly targeting people from atop a faculty building. The attack prompted panic in the city center, with people fleeing the area, including the iconic Charles Bridge, a popular tourist destination. Eyewitnesses described a harrowing scene with the shooter methodically targeting victims. Videos circulated on social media showed people escaping from the university's Faculty of Arts building, some with their hands raised, as armed police responded to the crisis. Specialist police units swiftly entered the building and the gunman was subsequently neutralized. The aftermath of the shooting left a significant toll with 10 people confirmed dead and more than 30 injured, according to Prague's emergency services. Additional footage depicted students attempting to hide from the assailant, including some crouched on a ledge of the university building. Former President Donald Trump, despite not being convicted of leading an insurrection, is facing challenges in various states regarding his eligibility for primary ballots in the 2024 election. These efforts are gaining momentum, with a notable instance being the Colorado Supreme Court's recent decision to exclude Trump from the state's primary ballot. The court cited his alleged involvement in an insurrection, a ruling which is expected to be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. 
Similar attempts to remove Trump from ballots have occurred in Arizona, Minnesota, New Hampshire, and Michigan. Although these efforts have so far been unsuccessful, with Trump remaining on the ballots, the Michigan case is under appeal to pursue his removal. The movement is gaining support among Democrats and other states. California's Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kunalakis has requested the California Secretary of State to consider all legal options to exclude Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot, emphasizing the significance of this action for the integrity of the Constitution and democracy. According to a report by Germany's Federal Audit Office, detailed by Der Spiegel, a significant number of Ukrainian refugees in Germany have struggled to successfully complete government-funded integration courses. The report aims to assess the efficiency of taxpayer-funded efforts to integrate refugees into the workforce. Since the escalation of the Ukraine-Russia conflict in February 2022, over a million Ukrainians have sought asylum in Germany. Of these, around 450,000 were eligible for the Integration Skirts program, which focuses on language proficiency and understanding German society. However, only 198,000 initiated the courses, with 135,000 having sufficient time to complete them. Out of those, just 61,266 passed, achieving B1-level language fluency and passing the Life in Germany test. A substantial number, 56,750, failed to pass due to inadequate language skills, while another 16,546 dropped out without taking the final exams. The Palestinian Hamas terrorist group has halted negotiations with Israel, insisting on a cessation of hostilities as a precondition for further discussions. This development emerges amid Israel's intensified military actions against Hamas leaders in the Gaza Strip. The Times of Israel reports that Hamas refuses to release any hostages or engage in negotiations until the fighting ceases. This firm stance reiterates previous positions held by the group and complicates ongoing efforts to broker a deal involving the exchange of hostages for Palestinian prisoners held in Israel. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has affirmed that Israel will persist in its military campaign to dismantle Hamas, irrespective of the status of the negotiations. The New Zealand government plans to stop funding sports organizations that permit transgender women to compete against cisgender women. This decision stems from concerns about fairness and safety in competitions. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. What do you mean calling them cis? <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a bit simp. <laughs> I don't think you should call them cis. I know what they mean, cis white males. That was Who, who said that now? That was the, one of the Green Party halfwits, wasn't it? Can't remember who, who said that. Marima, Marima Davidson, she said that. White cis men are the blame, she reckons. Anyway, five minutes past seven. Good morning to you. And um, I don't think we're on air, but who knows? Who knows what's happening? Let's, um, let's go to weather in just a moment. Scraping together all the news and information you need. It's engaging. At the top and bottom of the hour. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right, let's look at the extremes first of all, and Kaitara is still the warmest place to be, 19.8 degrees, Lumsden the lowest, 9.7, I don't believe this, but the wind is changing, if the temperatures are remaining the same, it can't be, wind is uh, changing around, Nugget Point has the windy, windiest place, they recorded um, gusts there of 35 kilometres per hour, which is not much really, um, Omarama is the wettest place at the moment, 0.2 millimetres of rain, and it's double digits pretty much right across the entire country today. Uh, with Kaitaia being uh, pretty close to 20 degrees. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, cloudy periods, a few showers in Northland, mainly in the north. 
For Waikato, Kapiti, including Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty and the Central High Country, also Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, mostly fine weather today, areas of cloud or fog this morning, isolated showers about the ranges this afternoon and evening. For Wellington and Wairarapa, mostly cloudy with patchy drizzle, clearing this morning and then fine spells increasing, isolated showers about the ranges this afternoon. For Buller, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, low cloud this morning and evening, lingering about the east coast, scattered after afternoon and evening showers inland, some heavy. Westland and Fiordland, often cloudy, patchy rain, clearing this evening. Otago and Southland, partly cloudy, showers developing inland this afternoon, some possibly heavy. And finally for the Chatham Islands, often cloudy. Well, give yourself a pat on the back, Grant. You got, why? Well, because you got through that. You got through that without making a single error. Not a single error. It's the first time you've done it ever on the show. So good, well, well done. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, right, now, we are going to news, but before we do, how about a good old song from Willie Nelson, and who's with it? Leanne Womack. She's marvellous. This will probably be my favourite Willie Nelson song, I would think. Beautiful words, just a lovely, just a wonderful love song. stars on the 4th of July Wishing we were rockets bursting into the sky Talking about redemption and leaving things behind As the sun sank west of the Mendocino County line As fierce as Monday morning feeling washed away I orchestrated paradise, couldn't make you stay You dance with the horses through the sands of time To remind me of a time Oh, 
July Wishing we were rockets bursting in the sky Talking about redemption and leaving things behind there of Leanne Womack and uh, Willie Nelson unmistakable isn't it his voice is unmistakable 12 minutes past 7 good morning thanks for joining me and uh, we'll go to Radio New Zealand now I think and see what they've got and of course their top story of 15 killed dozens injured in Prague mass shooting police say a 24 year old gunman's body has been found at the university in the Czech capital That's just come through. Other top stories. How the election day electronic roll crash, crash rather, roll crash unfolded. What roll crash? How the election day electronic roll crash unfolded. The Electoral Commission has found the crash was ultimately avoidable. I didn't even know there was. We'll look at that in a moment, shall we? A giant dinosaur, which actually just are dragons. It was in 1842 that they were first called dinosaurs. And um, so it's a, basically a giant, a giant dragon, and the Bible talks about dragons, uh, the giant uh, dragon of uh, Patagonia and maybe New Zealand, a surprising link between the giants of Patagonia, uh, prehistoric New Zealand. How can it be prehistory? Prehistoric. <laughs> it's a bit of funny word, isn't it? Prehistory, prehistoric. New Zealand and our changing world. That's more um, the evolutionist nonsense. But we can fix that. We've got plenty of um, good creationist stuff here. We've got the new train station building that opens in central Auckland, Parnell. Kiwi Rail has renovated the central Auckland building. It's the Tihuia and Northern Explorer travellers. They'll be enjoying that. Unruly dogs, you've got to be aware. Animal Control is going to be watching West Auckland beaches, especially with the penguins at the moment. And it's going to be three to four year recovery between $1 and $1.5 million probably according to the station owner, that's a sheep farmer, and he's down in Gisborne after Cyclone Gabrielle. Ten months after the cyclone, a bad, a bad weather has left the recovery for many East Coast farmers, and they've been stuck in the mud. But um, he said it's going to cost quite a bit. He said our usual rainfall is around um, 1.7 millimetres, uh, 700 millimetres to 2 metres. So that's over double. Wow. They've got more than that, so that's 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 a lot. They don't normally get that much. Surely that wouldn't be right. Our usual rainfall is around 1,700 to two, me- to 2 metres. That's a lot of rain, isn't it? So over double, most of that fallen last summer and spring. He said it's just incredibly wet. It would be too. It's going to take a long time. He's got 3,000 hectares, which is about 7,000. You know, that's a big farm. That's a station. 
that guy there. He's got one of those lovely old homesteads. Dan Russell says that it could cost more than a million dollars to repair the damage from the cyclone at his station. Dams were silted too after the wettest period Russell had seen in 20 years at Pukititi. Pukititi, that's his big, wonderful place. It's going to be three to four years. Yeah, we said all that. Damage to roads, potholes everywhere. And who's this fellow? Toby Williams. He's another farmer. Or he says the farmers in the east coast area of the region, they need to, they need a break after all this wet weather. But you can't get a break. You've just got to keep at it. Just got to keep going, don't you? Keep going. And um, another guy, Mike Parker's property is recovering. Um, he says it's it's got just piles of silt everywhere. His one. But it doesn't look like that now. Looks like plenty of grass growing anyway. Um, quarter past seven. And uh, what else have we got here? Uh, this is on, we're looking at the front page. Oh, Giuliani. Uh, Giuliani, that's the um, former mayor of New York City. He files for bankruptcy. You'd have to, wouldn't you? After a $148 million defamation verdict. That has just come through, actually. And I would be filing. I think it's terrible. I, I, I really think Trump should help him out. He's a Trump ally, very staunch, and just a very faithful friend to Donald Trump. Rudy Giuliani filed for bankruptcy. This is just disgraceful, this government. This, um, these communists that are in control of the United States of America. It's, it's, all, it's all got to be over. But look, look at what they're trying to do to Trump. Trying to stop him from actually, you know, being the, the, the president that the people want. He's got 60% support. They're going to try and stop him. These people are just mad. They are so determined to take over America, aren't they? Anyway, uh, so Giuliani, he filed for bankruptcy on Thursday. So that's overnight. It's just come through in the last minute at um, Radio New Zealand. And uh, so, yes, it's um, just days after the jury decided that he must pay $148 million in damages to former Georgia election workers that he defamed by falsely accusing them of helping to rig the 2020 election, which they did. Giuliani, who helped Republican former President Donald Trump advance his false claims. Look, listen to this. See how Can you see how Radio New Zealand, they shouldn't put that in, advances false claims. This is bad reporting. Uh, because we don't know that they are false. They're just because, you know, that, that, that even the judges are corrupt. Um, they should say, uh, advance his claims. That's it. They shouldn't put false claims because they don't know that they are. They were filed in a petition. Gosh, I, I hate even reading stuff from RNZ. This is what, when we pay for RNZ, you know, we pay for our own propaganda. So anyway, they filed that claims were um, that, that was that the election was stolen. It was no doubt that it was stolen. Filed by a petition in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. This is old Giuliani in the Southern District of New York. According to the documents and the filings, Giuliani said that he he had between a hundred million and five hundred million in liabilities and one million to ten million in assets. Giuliani he said that he owed one hundred forty-eight million dollars to Ruby Freeman. And Wanderer, Wandria Moses, the two former Georgia election workers. Oh, there should be some cap on it, shouldn't they? Just to, just to ruin a man after being the, the best mayor that New York City ever had. He turned crime around. Do you know how he did it? First of all, he went through, because the crime rate in New York, well, it's terrible again now, but it was really bad. And then when he took over, um, he went through the all the departments 
you know, the government departments, and he got rid of corruption within those government departments. That was the first thing he did. And then he had a zero tolerance on the, out on the streets. So, you know, even a parking infringement. And the reason for that is that if you'll break the law, they found that if you break the law in something small, you're probably, when they did more investigation, you're probably breaking the law in other areas as well. And that's how they got rid of crime, just by having a zero tolerance on just small things. They would take you in for questioning and, and get to the bottom of it, and they'd find out that you're actually a, a flipping criminal and that you're wanted on all these other things or, you know, that you're actually not, not as... You're, you're an unsavory. So, you, yeah, so if you do small crime, you'll commit big crime. That's what they find. Small misdemeanors, that's where it starts, isn't it, really? Anyway, the filing also listed President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, as well. Did you know that? Here as a creditor, without specifying the amount Giuliani owed him. Hunter Biden shouldn't be paying that blimmin' drug addict pervert any money. Hunter Biden in September sued Giuliani for violating his privacy over data allegedly taken from his laptop. Giuliani insisted the Internal Revenue Service and New York State Department of Taxation and Finance among his creditors. I'm sure Donald Trump will look after this fellow. Um, let's go over here. Trump pleads not guilty in the Georgia election fraud case. Former U.S. President Donald Trump is among 19 people charged with a conspiracy to overturn the U.S. state 2020 election uh, vote results. Uh, in uh, world news, of course, the um, what's just happened, the gunman is dead after he's 24-year-old, after killing 15 people at a Prague university. Uh, and Glenn Simmons, the longest imprisonment of any U.S. inmate, he was exonerated 48 years uh, and he was exonerated. He was 22 years old when he went to prison, wrongfully um, convicted and sentenced. And so the top stories are the um, Czech shooting. This is RNZ. Um, the gunman is dead. Electronic roll crashing on election day. Election day. Uh, that could have been avoided. Now, a better look at that. Oh, and then there's the train station one as well. That's the new, new building in Parnell. And then the giant dinosaurs of um, Patagonia. They may, may be also in New Zealand. Oh, rubbish. Um, and then a hearse named Colin. Everyone wants a photo next to the hearse. Wonder why. We'll look at that in a minute. Let's go to the election one. First of all, the Electoral Commission has found uh, an off-its-e-roll election day was ultimately avoidable. What's that? An Election Commission has found an off-its-e-roll. What's that? There's a link. It says off-its-e-roll on election day was ultimately avoidable. The election, electronic version of these, they shouldn't be doing the electronic versions. It should just be paper votes. Everybody counts them. Um, of the electoral roll went down shortly after the 10 a.m. What do you mean went down? That means it's all linked up to the, uh, to the internet. So if that's the case, there's going to be electoral fraud if there hasn't already been in New Zealand. So the version of the electoral roll went down shortly after 10 a.m. on election day, the 14th of October, and was not fixed until just before 2 p.m. While it only affected those casting special votes, oh, okay, many voting centres were already under strain and massive queues, with massive queues, I didn't know massive queues where I was, and this caused further delays and confusion. The e-roll is a mobile app developed exclusively for the Electoral Commission and was developed and maintained by IT, the Internet Services, see? IT, Internet Service Company, Catalyst, I wouldn't trust them. And election day, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, shouldn't be online. Should not be online. And elect, this is how it's going to, this is how they're going to take the flipping country. 
This is how they obviously wanted national in at the moment. Anyway, that's how that's how she won. That's how Labor got in electoral fraud. You can't tell me that thirteen electorates, or thirteen or seventeen, one or the other, can't remember, a good number in the teens of national electorates ended up voting Labor. And some people are saying, oh, that's because they didn't want the Greens to get in or something like that. But that, that just doesn't wash with me. They're national voters through and through. And election day staff used to uh, staff they used to reach the live electoral rolls for voters who did not have their easy vote card. Yes, you just go and tear the vote off, tear the little card off and give it to them. And, and I say, oh, do you want to see my ID? They go, no, it's all right. <laughs> and that's what um, Richard Preble said. There needs to be an investigation done into the, the legit, legitimacy, the legitimacy of those ballots. Were people actually entitled to vote? Because if you don't have to be on the electoral roll, which was what Jacinda Ardern changed the rule in 2020, you didn't have to be on the electoral roll. That's bad. And um, Richard Preble said it's absolutely vital that there is a high court case done, and it should have been done before the government was elected, when they were still toing and froing. There should have been uh, one of those electorates uh, should have been um, taken to the high court and actually done not just to count, because it's no good just counting, because some of the votes that you're counting might not be valid votes, people that shouldn't be on the roll. And when Preble was um, involved in it, I think he was involved with a team of people where they would actually go out and check to see if people were on the roll or not, just to get an idea. And he said that he found one household um, where there was a huge number of people in that household that weren't actually on the electoral roll, so they weren't entitled to vote. There are either you know, people from overseas or, you know, just they, they're not allowed to vote, but they were voting. So this is what happens. This is why how elections can be swayed. So on election day, the documents are released in an Official Information Act request to Radio New Zealand showed at um, one minute to ten on election day, four connections failed, although it was later suggested that these were not related to the subsequent outage. From 10 a.m., intermittent requests began returning um, a, f- a 502, that's a bad gateway error code, which Catalyst later said that uh, said in its incident report suggested an issue with an upstream back-end server. At 15 minutes past 10, it said it noticed the network was slowing. Uh, there'd be something dodgy going on. Probably because they, <laughs> they won't make sure National get in. Uh, teams messages... Uh, among Electoral Commission staff at 18 minutes past and 20 minutes past 10, then advised that the server had gone down completely. At 22 minutes past 10, the next text went out to 6,648 voting place phones, voting place phones, from the National Office confirming that the e-roll was down. Another message at 10.30 advised voting places to Follow page 18 of the Voter Assistance Manual, which outlined the process for managing queries manually. At about 11 o'clock, connections were at 11. No, it says about at 11 o'clock, around about. Connections were exhausted and queues requested timed out returning at 504 gateway timeout error code. Catalyst support engineers began a diagnosis and uh, of the uh, potential root cause at 20 past 11 and 25 minutes to 12 on that day, on election day, two changes recommended by the by Catalyst, the company, the IT company, to increase capacity were implemented. At half past 12 on that day, Catalyst suggested the root cause may be a specific piece of code within the application and recommended change to code 
was made. It just shouldn't be online, all this stuff. However, at one o'clock, when the full load was restored, the issues returned. A change to bypass the code section completely was made and proved successful. At quarter to two, a final text was sent out to voting locations confirming the e-roll was working again. And at quarter past five, and then again at 20 to 6, there was another spike in errors, which then dropped away, and the system ran without incident for the rest of the day. An incident report by the Electoral Commission found the, that the degradation of the e-roll application performance on Election Day was ultimately avoidable, with clearer and more accurate requirements and thorough load testing, which could be more representative of the environment and context of the day. The volumetric assumptions used by the 2020 general, 2023 general election were based on the 2020 election, but enrolment activities on the election day itself turned out to be much higher than in 2023. An email from Catalyst on the afternoon of polling day did, however, note that the root cause of the problem is behaviour that has been encoded in the system since it was first developed and released prior to 2020. It has worked without issue for the GE and what is that for the general election and in the early voting period, that's what they said, the email noted that the issue would not have been easily identified in standard load test. The incident report also said officials could have reacted faster if they kept a closer eye on the system. Official voter turnout was 78.2% down from 82.2% in 2020, hmm. while the e-roll issues only, issues only affected those casting special votes, many voting centres were already under strain and massive queues, oh, I, did, I didn't notice that, this is the first I've heard of it, massive queues that caused further delays and confusion. They've had all week to vote, haven't they? They opened it up early, they didn't used to do that, it used to be all done on the one day, back when we had 3 million people living in the country, now we've got 5 million. But I don't know, it's not that much, is it? Nearly double. <laughs> a voter in Wellington told Radio New Zealand on the day that some people had left before voting because of the delays. An email to Electoral Commission staff was reported had reported queues of up to 45 minutes in several electorates. Wouldn't be that many, several, that's not many, what's that, three, three or more, with people reportedly leaving, leaving uh, voting lines due to the wait. Wouldn't be that many. The Electoral Commission will just get organised and get on the roll. That's why it's important to be on the roll. The only trouble with being on the roll, though, is you get pulled into, you know, jury duty. <laughs> That's where they get the information from, from the roll. But I think it's important that we are there. Okay, so that just goes on and on. That's a real in-depth thing. We'll do a, um, we'll have a, we'll have a look and see what happened on this day in history, shall we? We'll do that when I come back. It's very interesting and, and, and actually involves... Uh, a former Prime Minister of New Zealand. It's almost half past seven. How long were Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden before sinning? Not very long. And the reason for that is Eve would have been fertile and clearly happened before they had their first child. And so it's a matter of weeks that would be at the maximum before they sinned. So it happened quite quickly. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Half past seven. Okay, we're over at um, history, nzhistory.gov.nz. I'm looking at a mugshot here of Peter Fraser. They've got a front one. Oh, that's not a full front one. There he is. There's tie slightly, slightly, um, slightly undone. And then a side shot of him. And um, he's got little specks, little round specks glasses. 
And um, so here's Peter Fraser. Peter, so if you're Roman Catholic, because only Roman Catholics name their children Peter. Very few people um, would name their child Peter unless they're Roman Catholic. So he's obviously um, a left footer. Um, Peter Fraser's trial in the Wellington Magistrates Court was the sequel to a speech in which he attacked the government policy on military conscription. Convicted of sedition, Peter Fraser uh, served a year in prison. Good grief. Uh, as the First World War dragged on, enlistment rates slowed after the initial rush to volunteer, probably when they saw how many people were dying. The, the government responded with the Military Service Act passed in August 1916. This introduced conscription for European men, uh, while limited exemptions were given to members of specific uh, pacifist religious groups. No allowance was made for socialist and Labour objections to the war. <laughs> the blimmin' commies didn't want to go to war. On the 4th of December, um, what, did, what did Dad call them now? Um, conscientious objectors, yeah, conscies, they called them. On the 4th of December 1916, the government issued new regulations to control dissent with uh, defined sedition broadly. Yes, with... Oh, two, two, two defined, yes. On the 20th of December, police arrested Fraser and charged him with inciting disaffection against the government at a meeting 10 days earlier. In court, Fraser argued that calling for the repeal of the law rather than disobedience to resistance to it was legal. The judge disagreed. Somewhat ironically, Peter Fraser was Prime Minister when New Zealand introduced conscription during the Second World War. Wow. There you go. Gosh, he changed his tune, didn't he? Didn't he change this his tune? This is not a war between Israel and Hamas. Oh, no, I don't like her. No. How about a nice country song? Let's do that, and then we'll, I'll, I'll have a good look around and see if I can find some, some news that's interesting. It's 28 minutes to. This is a song makes my daughter cry. Two days past 18, he was waiting for the bus in his army green, sat down in a booth in a cafe there, gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy, so she give him a smile And he said, would you mind sitting down for a while And talking to me, I'm feeling a little low She said, I'm off in an hour and I know where we can go Never gonna 
on the wireless with Grant Edwards. Thanks for joining me. 22 minutes to 8. We'll have TNT Radio News coming in at 8 o'clock. And that, of course, is the Dixie Chicks and the Travelling Soldier. The words are quite sad, aren't they? And um, we're just looking at a very sad story, some report that's just come in from newshub.co.nz. And uh, one person is in custody. A homicide investigation is underway after a fatal stabbing at a Christchurch car park. 
Police have launched a homicide inquiry after a person was fatally stabbed in the car park in Christchurch. Police said the officers were called to the Waikola Park in Hehe just before 2am this morning. Upon arrival, police officers found a man in his late 20s deceased with stab wounds. In other news, we have the ex-Rumataka prison officer says her complaints on corruption were shut down uh, by obviously senior staff. Former corrections officer says corruption at Rumataka prison is widespread and she was threatened. This is one in Upper Hutt, isn't it, Lower Hutt, in the hut somewhere. She was threatened with the sack when she spoke up, which is, you know, that's what happened with Barry Young, the whistleblower. You know, basically, they didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to know because they were, they were all guilty. They knew. They knew all along what he what he knew. And then he finally plucked up enough courage to come forward. So many people are sitting on their hands. So many people are quiet. But if all those people spoke up, uh, we could change it. We could turn this whole thing around and justice would be served. And the, the people out there that are still wearing masks would know the truth. The three-year police investigation into the jail has led to one prisoner, a current employee, three workers, or former workers, and a member of the public facing charges of corruption and bribery. The prison guard, who Radio New Zealand has agreed not to name, worked at Rumataka Prison for seven years and said the charges laid under police operation Portia would not stamp out corruption. She said guards walked past cells and turned a blind eye to contraband, including mobile phones and tattoo guns. Tattoo guns. Is that how they do it? They have guns. Fire little bullets with ink in them. Tattoo guns, eh? She said that they are just trying to pretend that they're not seeing things that are going on right in front of them. However, it was not just prisoners in possession of banned items. Some staff would also bring in banned items without the proper paperwork and security clearance. The former officer said that she had taken contraband memory sticks off staff as they came through the gates to work. Oh, well, they would have picked on her. She handed them to security manager and then watched as he gave them back to the staff. So, yeah, that's one you better go and have a look at. That's You'll find that over at Radio News, uh, News Hub. That's on News Hub today. Other stories on News Hub, and we've got the gunman that kills 15 people in the Prague University shooting. He's dead. He's a 24-year-old. He'll be a Muslim. Guarantee it. You know, I don't know. Election Day roll crashing. Yeah, that's a bit dodgy. Uh, so there we are. It's all, it's all on the net. Once it goes on the net, once you've got your, you know, when you go away from paper ballots, then dodgy things can happen. So we, you would probably find that they didn't need Winston Peters, I reckon. Maybe, maybe. And you'd probably find there wasn't so many Greens, uh, if the truth came out, with all these ballots that people are voting that shouldn't be voting. 19 to 8. Thousands of Kiwis face zooming in for Christmas lunch at significant wave, as a significant wave of COVID-19 sweeps New Zealand more fear porn. And uh, I don't know what zooming in means. We'll have a look and see. It's no point in playing their videos over at News Hub because if you don't get a, an ad at the start, uh, it's not loud enough. I'll show you what I mean. Feel, listen to see, not feel, but listen how light this is. How, you know, there's just no sound. They just don't know how to do it. And we'll play it now. Go. Thousands of Kiwis might have to zoom in for Christmas lunch this year with COVID sweeping the country. The number of people hospitalised with the virus and the average daily case count have jumped over the past week as people come together for the festive season. Demelza Leslie reports. 
Christmas is all around, and so is COVID. Wellington woman Jessica Scott among those who have tested positive. Yesterday I definitely felt sick and so avoided going to work and didn't go to the staff. She's sick because she's all jabbed up. A Christmas party um, and was hoping that maybe I'd feel better today, but woke up and tested positive. Putting a dampener on her family's Christmas plans. Yeah, it will be really sad if I have to zoom into Christmas dinner. That will be... Oh, you fools. Look, honestly, this is just such rubbish. Just just absolute propaganda. I'm going to change that. I don't want to hear it because, you know, I don't want to hear it simply because I know it's rubbish. Just rubbish, isn't it, eh? 17 minutes to seven, and we'll let them live in their dream world. These people are actually misinformationists. They're spreading misinformation. That's what they're doing. So, um, yeah, let's hope let's hope they don't do anything stupid and start locking people down over Christmas. Oh, gosh, imagine that. Oh, there'd be riots, wouldn't there? Surely. Oh, maybe not. People would probably just go along with it. Now, um, if you're going slow on the road, should you let people that are in a hurry to get past? Should you pull over and let them through? I think you should. I think if you do, if you just want to take it easy, why not? Um, although there's plenty of passing lanes, isn't there? There's no excuse, but don't speed up whenever you do. In fact, I go slightly slower. If I want to go slow, like, if I, like let's say, if I'm travelling in an area where I just don't think it's safe to go over 80, <laughs> you know, and everyone else wants to do 90 or 100, then all I do is um, I just wait for the passing lane and then I, I indicate well in advance and I slow right down. I don't break or anything. I just slow down to, I don't know, and just and look and see how uh, how many people behind and make sure that all those people that were in that trail of cars that were behind me make sure they can all get through. It's just called etiquette, and that's what you do, and you've just got to be aware of it. Well, you can't. There's no good pissing people off on the road because that's how accidents happen because other people, you know, they're not as... They're not as... Um, they haven't got the discipline. <laughs> you know. But I don't know. I find, you know, I just... I don't want to go fast on roads that aren't built to go fast. I mean, they're full of potholes. They're so un, they're unlump, you know, they're lumpy, and it's not good on the car. The suspension and all that. So on the vehicle, I don't have a car. It's a Ute. But what's the point of um, you know doing a hundred k's you know on a road that that really is not up to standard? So anyway. That's what I say anyway. Um, it's 15 minutes to eight, and in the United States, Trump's legal clash reach U.S. Supreme Court for the 2024 elections. Actually, no point in reading anything about the Middle East crisis with the, um, the Gazans and, and anything to do with Trump. There's no point in reading it from a New Zealand, the mainstream media. It's just a waste of time. Perhaps we should move somewhere else. Let's let's go to Expose. Let me do that. And we'll go to Expose. You'll find them at expose-news.com. A US Navy whistleblower who exposed a spike in pilot heart-related conditions post-vaccination has been placed under investigation. That's what they do, don't they? An active duty officer, naval health administrator, and medical recruiter in the US Navy Medical Service Corps blew the whistle and revealed data indicating a significant rise in heart-related issues among military pilots following COVID injections. Two weeks later, he was placed under investigation. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that just so typical? It really is, isn't it? And let's see what else we've got over here. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're, they're after money, actually. Good on them. They, they need all the money they can get. 
Um, how harmful is my COVID-19 batch? This is old news. Why haven't they got new news? We better move away from there because there's nothing new there. Now, we'll go to abc.net.au and they've got the latest stories in. And India dominate Australia on day one of the Mumbai test. India motored along with the bat. Motored along with the bat after their bowlers put the clamps on Australia. Clamps on Australia. They take first day honours despite Talia. McGrath making a half century. That's pretty good. He's not out for a golden duck then. <laughs> I just think thanks to Matt, I know what a golden duck is now. The United Nations, they say up to 300,000 Sudanese fled their homelands after a notorious group seized their safe haven. Fighting between Sudan's military and notorious paramilitary groups has forced up to 300,000 people to flee their homes in a, the province that had been a safe haven for the families displaced by the devastating conflict in the northeastern African country. Northeastern African country, according to the United Nations, if you can believe what they say. Victorian government, they've asked uh, to investigate former governors general's suitability to hold working with children check. Oh, he must be an old pedo. Victorian government has asked to investigate whether the former governor general and Anglican bishop Peter Hollingworth is suitable to hold a working with children check after a church review found that he had neglected children. Oh, really? It wasn't a pedo. Uh, two pieces of parkland on Hobart's eastern shore have been chosen for an AFL training centre. The two councils, Clarence and Kingsborough, they wanted the high-performance centre. Clarence has won the bid to host it, but Kingsborough's mayor says the location chosen will pose challenges. Boast for endangered Australian icon after a hundred seahorses released in Sydney Harbour tidal pool. Uh, the academic White's seahorse, <laughs> academic. How did you get that out of it? Endemic. The endemic white seahorse has been, it's very academic, these horses, <laughs> has been in decline for decades. They, uh, but hundreds have been raised in captivity and released around Sydney Harbour, uh, according to a latest report. And that's at the Clontarf Tidal Pool. That's where they're released from. And, um, boy, you don't want to go swimming in Sydney Harbour. You, you don't go pushing someone in the water there off a boat or something for a bit of fun. Lots of shark attacks around there over the years. And um, a US man declared innocent after the murder of uh, in prison for almost 50 years. That was that Glenn Simmons. We read about him. He's actually 71 now. He becomes the longest serving US inmate to be declared innocent of a crime. Nuclear energy is more expensive than renewables, according to CSIRO report. That's what they find. Renewable energy provides the cheapest source of new Energy for Australia. A new draft reports from the that's from the CSIRO uh, and energy market operator has found renewable energy provides the cheapest source. What nuclear energy is more expensive? Oh, is it? Oh, okay, a twenty-five. I don't know if I believe any of that. A twenty-five-year-old man charged with firing a uh, firing a compound bow. You know the, those ones that they are really sort of rigged up. They're easy to pull back. But boy, they they can be eighty pounds. Those things it was during unrest at the Wadi, is it Wadi, uh, New, New South, New Northern Territory, rather Northern Territory Police. They arrest three people and take another into protective custody after a fight involving 40 people left a man injured by an arrow. Wow! Unseasonal surge in Queensland's respiratory infection prompts the Christmas warning. I oh, see they're doing the same. It's all over the world, isn't it? 
It's the fake. Wouldn't be surprised if they try and lock everybody down for Christmas. <laughs> 12,000 cases, you know. Um, one case. Jacinda Ardern locked down Northland in New Zealand for one case. Yeah. Listen to my lovely cows. I'll open the window. Hey, boys. How's it going? Oh, good, thanks. You're right. Oh, yeah, it's a bit... We just don't know. We like it here. It's, it's a bit hilly. And also, you know, we miss our other mates up the road. And, you know, and the grass in here looks like someone's already been eating it. All right, well, I'll move you somewhere else. I'll put you under the trees and you can go there. It's just that I, I wanted you to be near that trough in case you got thirsty. I know. I want you to be near the trough. So what I'll do is I'll go down and I'll open the gate and you can wander in and eat some. I've got some fresh grass. Just let me finish this radio program and then I'll come out and move you, all right? Yeah. Okay. They seem happy now. Seem happy. Now, um, South Australian police officer jailed for sexually assaulting a teenager uh, has uh, had the conviction overturned. Jordan Lloyd Cock. Oh, that's an unfortunate name. He was found guilty earlier this year of unlawful sexual intercourse Oh gosh, with two counts of indecent assault and has had his conviction overturned in the South Australian Court of Appeal. That sounds dodgy. It's just come through in the last few hours. Donald Trump has been barred from appearing in the Colorado. We all, this is all old news. Everybody knows this. But let's see what their take is on it. This is abc.net.au. Um, yeah, so he's been barred from taking part in the Colorado Republican primary ballot. What happens now? Well, we know what happens. The push to bar Mr. Trump from the presidential race under the U.S. Constitution's insurrection clause is uh, gathering steam and appears to be heading straight to the Supreme Court and that it'll be overturned. The people want Trump. Two homes lost in the Parker Vale uh, in Parker Vale as a bushfire in Eaton eases as it happens. Uh, homes are raised and two men hurt as a bushfire that earlier tore through Parker Vale, Stoneville and and Hovia forced residents to flee and, 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 and forced them to flee is contained now by firefighters while another blaze flares in Eaton near Burnbury, Bunbury, Bunbury, where all the buns are. Now, uh, not a victimless crime. There's a surge in shoplifting as Victorian retailers are calling for action. Uh, theft from Victoria retail stores jumped nearly 40% over the past years. It's all the same as in all the whole world over. They're all going nuts since COVID. It's almost, it's almost like they've put up to it, eh? You know? Anyway, the theft in Victoria retail stores jumped nearly 40% over the past year, with liquor, food and petrol theft driving the increase. Seven years jail for a woman who urged children in her care to get high on painkillers, leaving 15-year-old dead. Gosh. She looks like a married girl. Stacy Dutalias is allowed. It doesn't sound like a married name. Allowed a 15-year-old boy in her care to take 18 to 20 opioid pills before he overdosed and died in September 2021. The court heard she also offered medication to other children in her care at the time, telling them it would make them high. You nutbag. Early Christmas present as rare turtle lays eggs to edge species back from brink of extinction. Conservationists, I hate that word, <laughs> I mean conservationists, they usually just leftists, you know, commies. Um, conservationists say it was incredible to find that a Manning River turtle had laid a dozen precious eggs as part of a breeding program aimed at saving the critically endangered species. And Eva Lawler, she swore, she's been sworn in at the Northern Territory 
Chief Minister announces review of financial asset guidelines. The new Chief Minister unveils her cabinet and says her government's priority will be on community safety as well as to look at regaining stability eight months out from the next territorial election. That's a Northern Territory election. Tomorrow will be Australia's longest day of the year. Here's the science behind it. Oh, no, we don't want to know that. So might not be proper sign. Protesters take to the street in Argentina in response to new president's plan. What does he plan to do? Thousands of people take to the streets in Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires to protest against the government's economic shock measures in the first real test of Argentina's new president. Uh, his name is Javier Miley, is it? Miley, Javier Miley. And Pakistan dealt a major blow ahead of the Boxing Day test. This is cricket. It's just not cricket. After losing the first test to Australia by 360 runs, Pakistan will be without one of its most promising players for the remainder of the Benaud Qatar Qatar Trophy Series. Benaud Qatar looks like okay. Qatar. I don't know some Islamic word. Iceland's volcano eruption means some won't be home for Christmas. Here's what we know. Scientists say that the eruption was expected after thousands of small earthquakes, but it could continue for some time. And a true show of matesmanship. Matesmanship, that's an Aussie term, isn't it? As family, friends and rally for promising young footballer diagnosed with cancer. Oh, no. Poor young guy. Got his head shaven. Oh, that's really bad. Broken Hill residents from... As young as 16 and as old as 71, shave their heads in support of a friend and family member who was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of leukemia. Poor man. Poor guy. Um, I'll be back in a minute. What freedoms do the Palestinian people not have right now? Name one freedom. Something they lack, freedom freedom of movement. Sure they do. An Arab in the Palestinian Authority can travel to Israel, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, in and out with any sort of restriction. Well, you know. No, I don't know. Can you name one freedom that the Palestinian people do not have? Look, or, or is that just a talking point with no evidence? Look, the talking point is factless. The Palestinian Authority exists as a governance structure over now what is truly Judea and Samaria, which has always been Israel. Israel has always been the home of the Jews, dating back for 3,500 plus years. Under Israeli control, the Arabs and the Muslims still get total and complete access to their holy sites. Yet where the Arabs control areas, the Jews are not allowed to visit there whatsoever. Why is it the Palestinian Authority pays the families of terrorists that kills Jews? They have a pay-for-slave policy. I encourage you one thing. Don't believe the facts and the narrative that are just coming from the media. Sarah and Beth is scared to death To hear what the doctor will say She hasn't been well since the day that she fell in the bruise it just won't go away so she sits and she wings with her mother and dad and flips through an old magazine till the nurse with a smile stands at the door and says will you please come with me is scared to death cause the doctor just told her the news between the red cells and white something's not right but we're gonna take care of you 
Six chances and ten, it won't come back again. With the therapy, we're gonna try. It's just been approved, it's the strongest there is. And I think we caught it in time. And Sarah Beth closes her For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. California's Lieutenant Governor, Eleni Kunalakis, has urged her state to consider every legal avenue to prevent former President Donald Trump from appearing on California's 2024 ballot. This follows the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to disqualify Trump based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which bars individuals who have engaged in insurrection against the Constitution from holding office. Kunalakis, a progressive with ambitions to succeed Governor Gavin Newsom in 2026, emphasized the gravity of the situation, stating it concerns the sanctity of the Constitution and democracy. She requested the California Secretary of State to investigate the feasibility of a decision similar to Colorado's. With California holding the most delegates in the union, such a move would be highly impactful. The decision, unprecedented in its application to presidential candidacy, is expected to be ultimately reviewed by the U.S. Supreme Court. Former Attorney General Bill Barr said Wednesday on CNN's The Lead that the Colorado Supreme Court decision disqualifying former President Donald Trump from the state's 2024 ballot would be overturned by the Supreme Court. As you know, I I strongly oppose Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. But uh, I think that this case is, is legally wrong and untenable. Uh, And I think this kind of action of stretching the law, taking these hyper-aggressive positions to try to 
uh, knock Trump out of the race uh, are counterproductive. They backfire. As you know, uh, he he uh, feeds on grievance, just like a fire feeds on oxygen. And this is going to end up as a grievance that helps him. During a recent summit in San Francisco, Chinese President Xi Jinping informed U.S. President Joe Biden that China intends to achieve reunification with Taiwan. But the timing remains undecided, according to information from three U.S. officials. In a meeting with both American and Chinese officials present, Xi expressed China's preference for a peaceful reunification with Taiwan, as opposed to using force. Xi also addressed and dismissed speculations by U.S. military leaders about potential reunification timelines, such as 2025 or 2027. Additionally, Chinese officials requested that Biden publicly state U.S. support for China's peaceful reunification goal and its opposition to Taiwanese independence. This request, however, was declined by the White House. In Western Australia, firefighters are battling multiple severe bushfires that have destroyed homes and injured two men. Over the past two days, five fires have reached emergency levels, affecting bushland, rural areas, and the suburb of Parkerville in Perth's eastern hills. Videos shared on social media depict the intensity of the Parkerville fire, showing engulfed properties in a vehicle amidst thick smoke as aerial firefighting efforts continue. Two men in their 60s were taken to the hospital for treatment, one with non-life-threatening burns and the other with a foot injury. Premier Roger Cook described the situation as troubling, noting that challenging weather conditions facing firefighters. The recent volcanic eruption on Iceland's Reckoness Peninsula, following weeks of intense seismic activity, has been showing signs of decreased intensity. Fortunately, the lava flow seems to be moving away from the nearest town, reducing the threat to residential areas. Despite the powerful eruption, which sent lava and smoke soaring over 100 meters into the air, officials have reassured that the event poses no danger to human life. Additionally, the government has confirmed that air travel, both to and from Iceland, remains unaffected, with international flight paths staying open. This comes as a relief in contrast to the severe travel disruptions caused by the 2010 eruptions ash cloud. Last month, almost 4,000 residents of Grindavik, a fishing town located approximately 40 kilometers southwest of Reykjavik, were evacuated due to the earthquake risks. These residents have since been allowed to return intermittently to check on their homes. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. Hey, why not give TNT Radio a follow? We sure would love you to do that. We're on all the social, major social platforms, including, of course, Facebook, Twitter, now X, Instagram, Gab, and Getter, among others. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, we're over at Weather Watch, and this is Philip Duncan's website, and uh, he's saying today the high pressure brings settled weather and hot temperatures to the North Island again today. Uh, highs with, will likely be in the mid to late 20s for many, with the highest temperatures likely to be Waikato. The South Island sees some weak low pressure from the afternoon thanks to a daytime heating, and this leads to a few isolated showers, mainly for inland areas, but elsewhere could see one or two as well. Central Otago could get some heavy rain today, and with a chance of thunderstorm as well. Uh, to, that's towards the evening and the west coast and southland will have a few showers from the morning although southland showers could clear up by uh, near the coast this afternoon and there will be quite a bit of high cloud across the country and some regions may experience areas of low cloud or fog morning and night coastal parts of the south island and northland may experience some cloud all day 
and uh, which is not good for people that are out off-grid and need the sun uh, to um, recharge the batteries after a, a night of darkness. Never mind. Uh, winds will be mostly light, tending onshore this afternoon. Of course, that's the sea breeze, of course, in other words. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the coastal Otago end, uh, well, they end up through to the coast. Yeah, Otago up, I should say, through to the coast of Canterbury. They will have fresh east to northeasterly breezes after midday. So that's the old sea breeze. So there we go. Now, what else have I got for you as far as weather goes? We'll go back to Met Service and just look at the extremes. And yes, it has changed a wee bit. Kaitai has is now already 20.3 degrees. Nugget Point is actually the coldest at the moment. It's also the windiest. 35 kilometres of wind per hour there, and it's 10.1 degrees, the coolest in the whole place. The wettest place is Omarama. Uh, no, not Omarama. Yes. Oh, no, Omarum. It's, it's actually all Maru, but I just say, um, everyone just says Omaru. Omaru Airport, 0.4 millimetres of rain. And uh, even Stewart Island's on 11 degrees. And at the Chathams, it's 14 degrees to the lovely folk out there. That, in fact, you share something with Queenstown temperature. That is the uh, that is you. Okay, we will see you. Just have a, a wonderful break, a pagan Christmas break. And it's all about getting together with your family, isn't it? Everybody knows that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December, if you don't know that. Um, really, you need to be educated. <laughs> you need to go and do some research on it. Now, the book to read is um, The Two Babylons, actually, and it's put out by, it's an old book. I think it came out in the 1950s. might have even been earlier. Uh, I d- distinctly remember seeing a copy that my father had published in 1958, and I think it was given to him as a birthday present. It was a birthday present. Uh, it wouldn't be a Christmas present. Um, in 1958. So I don't know how Dad, before I was born, anyway, and, um, yeah, so Dad would have been in his late 30s. So his mother, my grandmother, um, my dad's mother, gave him that book. And it is called The Two Babylons by Alexander Hislop, Dr. Alexander Hislop. Uh, and you should read that because it shows the link between the Roman Catholic system of religion and the worship of Nimrod and his wife, and which is Babylonian goddess worship. And it goes all down through the through the ages you know, from the Babylonians down through the Medo-Persians, the Grecians, the Romans, the pagans, and the hordes of Central Europe. And then on the ships, we'll right across, you know, as they move from the Middle East across Asia um, through into sort of the Pacific and into South America. All those people, um, that religion is actually Roman Catholicism, really. It's just a variation on that, which is basically... Um, in fact, I, I remember hearing a Roman Catholic say, say once that he was speaking to a priest and he said, our religion, Roman Catholicism, is actually more than 2,000 years old. It is actually about 5,000 years old. And he's absolutely right. It comes from ancient Babylonian goddess worship. And so that's it. So today is one of the most important days in the pagan calendar, actually. And um, tomorrow, sorry, not today, Christmas Day. So Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December and nor was he crucified at the um, at e- at Easter, no, not at all. He wasn't. He he was actually crucified at the Passover, which are two different ceremonies. And you only get that truth in the King James Bible, where it actually says the word Easter. And we know that it's not Passover because the Passover uh, is prior to the days of unleavened bread. And verse three of chapter twelve of the book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, um, chapter twelve. It is, and verse 3 says, these are the days of unleavened bread. And then it says, after Easter, he was going to bring, um, I think it was Peter, out of prison and deal with them then. This was Herod, I think. 
so it can't have been. And then the only way people can get round it, and, you know, because they want to, they want to say that the King James Bible, this is Christians, it's supposed to be on our side. <laughs> they want to tear your Bible apart by saying it's got mistakes in it. When the Bible says it promises that God will preserve His words forever, but people are, they say, oh, yeah, I believe that. But they don't really believe it because they can't identify it. They can't hold it in their hand. If they're preserved forever, where are they? Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Um, the Bible says the words of the Lord are pure. This is in Psalms 12. And it's actually been corrupted in the new version. They take out verse 7 and they change it. They say that God will preserve the people. But the, word, the actual context of the, the two verses together is that God will preserve his words and it doesn't say he'll preserve the manuscripts or the language, you know, the Greek or the Latin or whatever it is, or the, the Hebrew. It doesn't say that. In fact, there's no evidential foundation that the New Testament was actually written, although the Old Testament was actually written in uh, Hebrew. Well, it was, but it, no, there's, no, there's no foundation that the autographs were in uh, Hebrew. Moses came out of an Egyptian. He was raised by uh, the Pharaoh's daughter, so his, his mother tongue. His, you know, his mother language, the first language, was he was only a baby when they found him, um, may well have been some Egyptian language. And it may have been written in some hieroglyphic or something like that. I don't know what they used but at the time. But anyway, and also in Greek, there is actually, I think it was Bart Ehrman, who's now now become a backsliding, you know, he's actually not a Christian anymore. Whether he, I don't think he ever was anyway. Uh, he, I think he's an atheist, but he was a textual critic, and he said there's no evidential foundation back when he was normal, that the New Testament autograph, that means the originals, the autographs, were actually penned in Greek. There's, there's thousands of copies, but there's lots of other languages as well. But God didn't promise to preserve the manuscripts. He didn't pr promise to preserve the language of the Bible. But he, preserve, he promised to preserve his words. And I believe by faith that in 1607, or 1604, Four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, yeah, it must have been sixteen oh four because the gunpowder plot happened in sixteen oh five, wasn't it? The gunpowder plot when Guy Fox was caught looking guarding some gunpowder um, underneath the Houses of Parliament. It's going to blow it up. That was a Roman Catholic plot, and Jesuits were actually um, involved in that. So it was a Roman Catholic plot to overthrow England, and it was at the very beginning. There was only they're only one year into the translation of the Protestant text. Of the um, yeah of the English Reformation, and that was uh, that came out in 1611, and so that is the book that I believe God put in English. That is the one that He's preserved His words in, and so if you want to know what the Bible is in, in its entirety, you need to get hold of that, don't you? You need to learn English and get hold of that. And some people say uh, in the English language they say this is the Word of God for today in the English language. No, no, no. This is the Word of God today. Full stop. Years ago, we'd have had to learn probably Hebrew, wouldn't we, to get the oracles of God. Today, it's English. God knows that that's, this is the end time language. I don't believe there'll be that He'll put it in Mandarin or whatever. I don't think there will be. I think we are living in the last days. This is the end time language, and God did it 400 years ago. He put it in English, and He only needs to do it once. And all the other copies of it, not copies, but all the other uh, translations that have come out. They're not preserved by God. They don't have the miraculous preservation that the King James Bible has. And yes, there are printer's errors that were some put in there um, purposely, actually, because the Jesuits know, they know that the Protestants stood up and said, sola scriptura, 
held up the Bible. This is our Pope. Scripture alone, and they knew in the, the Counter-Reformation, this is part of the Counter-Reformation, these um, Catholic priests, they knew that they had to destroy the Word of God, that the Protestant, the person that protested against the pretensions of the Roman Catholic system, many of them were Roman Catholics. The, the first Protestants were Roman Catholics. They protested against the pretensions of the Roman Catholic system of religion, and they knew that they were holding the Bible as the Pope. Not the Pope, not that living man, that you know, sinning man. He, he's not God, God on earth. But the Bible, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be throughly, not thoroughly, throughly furnished unto good works. And so we need it. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. In the Old Testament, it says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. And Jesus said that heaven and earth shall pass away. He said this in Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, plural, my words, didn't say my word, the Bible, my words shall not pass away. And when the Bible says something, it always comes true. Okay, I will see you on Monday, the 8th of January. I hope you have a wonderful break and are rested. Be careful out there on the roads, won't you? Don't drive too, well, just drive carefully. Make sure you get plenty of rest. If you're a wee bit tired, don't keep driving. Just pull over and have a snooze. That's the best thing. I'll leave you with Pat Green and a Dixie Lullaby. It's a beautiful song about a child looking at his mum and dad dancing. Isn't it wonderful? Just peeking around, having a look at them. My father had skin like leather, hands like steel from a lifetime spin the cotton field. You know he'd come home tired and dirty almost Every night He found the strength to smile at me And hold my mama tight While that old transistor radio Would play the opry out in the hall I'd sit and watch their shadows Glide across the wall And they'd dance to a Dixie Lullaby A picture
was a mountain of a man That was the description that I gave The morning that we laid him in his grave There was my mama by his side I said my last goodbye To a man I thought would never die from Dingo Flat, Onga Onga, the wireless, today's best country.